Howdy, 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 do who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 291. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different too anybody else's that's the exciting thing nobody in the universe can do what we're doing i've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the tardis should be free of the force field now you may be a doctor but i'm the doctor the definite article you might say the trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time change my dear and it seems on a moment too soon unlimited rice pudding etc etc i am the doctor for now for this moment, I am the Doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour, and the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be... The great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 Doctor Who fans. Hope you're all well, keeping safe and healthy. Hope you've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related. Related. Yeah. Episode 291 is here. Rocking towards 300. I wonder what yeah. a 300F will be. Yeah. It's hard to say. Let's pick a cracker, something like... Uh, Fear her or time fly or some real belter. Can probably work mm-hmm. it out, mate. Got nine episodes to go, right? Mm-hmm. After this one, so bear with me, listeners. He's looking at his schedule. He loves his schedule, don't 292, Gary. 293, <clears throat> 294, 295, 296, 297, 298, 299. 300 is a Sarah Jane story. Oh, good. I think. I think so. We'll we'll come on to that, won't we? <laughs> Things year. could change. Things could change. Yeah. Things could very well change. Yes, indeedy. But yes, welcome aboard the TARDIS, everybody, for another week. Hope you are. Like I said, hope you're keeping well. We're out of lockdown, just about here in the UK. Not too bad. We're into our tiered system again, which is um, essentially the 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 message is just do what you did in lockdown, but you can go shopping now. I think. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel to me like it's changed. Yeah, a bit weird. Yeah. yeah, whatever country you're listening to us in, though, I hope you're doing well. And whatever lockdown or whatever, whatever restrictions are on you, you're coping well with that. In today's show, we've got some cool news. Yeah. 
about the festive, the bloody festive, the New Year's Day <laughs> special. Which is good because we've had zero for so long. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've got, so we've got three things really to talk about with that, which is going to be cool. Uh, one of them is expected. The other one is unexpected, which we'll come on to. And then we've got some merch to go through, a couple of bits there. And then we're on to our review of the David Tennant 10th Doctor story, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, which would be good. Good to talk through some Tennant. Yeah. I guess. I never realised how many gifts were taken for that one episode. Like, I was <laughs> I was, I was watching it yesterday, because, you know, like, on Twitter and stuff, people always use the same sort of temp doctor gift. Thinking, oh, that's, that's you know, the bit with him on the, with his feet up, and the bit where he goes, oh, yes, and he's got the glass. I think, God, this whole story is just one big gift. Yes, that, that two-parter is ripe, yeah. ripe for <laughs> memes and gifts. Memes and gifts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you been up to, bud? First of all, you're doing all right, though. You're doing all right. Yes, I'm yeah. doing absolutely fine. Thank you. Yeah, I'm all good. Any all Doctor Who with... stuff? Uh, a, a, a little bit. Um, I don't know. The week seems to have got away from me a little bit. I, I downloaded the new Big Finish audio, the Tenth Doctor and River, because um, mm. I thought that would be – I needed something a bit of fun to listen to. So I downloaded it, but I haven't had a chance to, to listen to it yet. But it did lead, it did lead on to a good discussion, so – I'm in a chat with a guy who absolutely loves Big Finish. I mean, he just he just loves it, and you know, he he, do, he will defend it to the to the <laughs> end of the earth. Because sometimes I'll be like, because sometimes they recast parts, and I'm like, oh, I don't think they should recast that character. He's like, oh, well, you know, they'll defend it. So we have some good <laughs> old chats, and I was talking to him about this one because I said, so this tenth Doctor and, and River, you know, I've just downloaded. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Um, I think it's like three stories three disc or four disc set i said but where does it fall in the timeline because when the 10th doctor met river she knew him but he didn't know her and then she died so how can they be going out and having adventures together like where does this fit because the first time the 10th doctor met river she died even though she'd obviously met him in a you know a previous or what or, or a different incarnation and i just my mind i could feel like my head expanding and me trying to work this out anyway he was trying to explain it to me and the more he tried (laughs) to explain it the more confused i got and then i finally thought i understood i was like oh right so this is before river goes to the library i think he said or something but then even then i woke up this morning and i was thinking i was thinking about it i think a bit can't be because then the doctor would know and i still don't understand it so Maybe one of our lovely listeners can explain how, how this works. And maybe I'll understand it when I actually get around to listening to it. But how can it be? Like, I know Big Finish find a way, don't they? They always find a way around these things. But mm, yeah. Yeah. But that's quite a, yeah, it's quite a, I am right, aren't I? She died. Yeah, she dies. Although he saves her into the library thing at the end. Spoilers. Um, technically, she's dead, isn't she? In that, that one. Technically, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm no, not sure because I haven't listened to it yet. No. I mean, it made for but, a good discussion. I, it's always fun to have a 
um, a bit of a sort of thrashing out of, of ideas with, you know, a fellow Doctor Who fan, because, you know, we're all very passionate about things. And he was def- he was like, no, you, you, he's getting so angry with me for not getting it. And I was like, I just don't get it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I hopefully we'll have a chance to listen to that. I'll, I'll let you know next week if I've had a chance. Um, I also finished up uh, John Levine's biography last night. <laughs> now... This was a bit. I must. When I first started this, I I read about four chapters and it was fine, but then I put it down. And I think I started reading something else. Oh, the Time Lord Victorious. <laughs> so that I finished that quite quickly, and then I thought, oh, I must must go back and finish Old John's biography. You know, I, I hate. I don't know about you, mate, but even if a book is hard going, I must finish it. Um, and to be <laughs> fair, this wasn't hard going. It, it was just that I wanted to read that Time Lord Victorious. But so yeah, I finished that last night. And I'll tell you what, it turned into a bit of a page turner. Yeah, which is surprising. So I got about halfway through, and John was taking me into his American years and why he moved to America and all the stuff that happened. And uh, I suddenly found myself getting really, really interested in this book. He was talking about—I mean, he was talking about how he nearly died and um, how he fell in love. And he's thing is with John Levine is he is a very—he's—he's a an unusual character, isn't he? He is a big personality. He's a big character, mm. and I've met him a few times and. You know, he can be quite outspoken, I suppose, or he says what he means. And I don't know. He's a bit of an, an odd one. Um, but, yeah, I, I must admit, I was laying in bed last night, and I thought I had three chapters left, and it was about midnight. And normally I think, oh, it's 12 o'clock, put the book down, you know, I'll finish this tomorrow. But I really found myself wanting to get to the end. It was actually quite a good good read. I actually quite enjoyed it, I must admit. To my surprise, I just there was a, there's a lot more to him than I expected, and it does explain some of the eccentricities, is that the word, that he has? Oh, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, having met him, he can be, you never quite know what you're going to get. I mean, first time I met him, he was fantastic, he was brilliant. Second time and third, and the last time I saw him, he was sort of effing and blinding and talking about his dad, and he seemed quite angry inside, and I was just like, oh, he seemed quite different. And there's a lot of sides to his personality, and some of them I like, and some of them I'm just a bit unsure of. But this book sort of explained, I think, a lot of that. There were things that sort of made sense that have um, sort of bugged me over the years as I've met him at different conventions and stuff. There have been times when I thought, why did he react like that? And yeah, so it was quite an interesting read. So anyway, I finished up the John Levine biography. And the only other thing I've done is uh, I've been watching, carrying on watching the new Daleks animation, the BBC thing. And uh, they had the mechanoids join the, the fight last week, which was pretty cool, actually. I mean, I know the animation's a bit shoddy, <laughs> um, but the actual story in that thing's pretty decent. I, have you had a chance to watch any of it yet? No, I've been rubbish, mate. I've not caught up with well, that. It, it, yeah. It's funny because I've badgered a few people into watching it. Um, so our, our friend Callum um, MacArthur... He watched the first one, said, no, I didn't like it. I said, oh, no, dude, you've got to watch the second one. It's, it's good. It's really good. And the third one's got the mechanism. In. So I badgered him into watching the, the next one, and now he's really enjoying it. He's like, oh, actually, no, I, it's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm quite enjoying that. And we're recording this on a Thursday, and I think the next episode comes out today. And I'm, it's one of those where it's nice to have something to look forward to. Like, it's, it's good enough for me to think, oh, it's Thursday, there's another episode out, if that makes sense, rather than, just seeing it pop up and think, oh, I might watch that later. It's, it's, it's actually quite an enjoyable little 15-minute thing to look forward to. So, yeah, give it a go. See what you think. That sounds cool, yeah. I'm, I've been bad. rubbish, mate, yeah. I think a lot of people have been put off because it doesn't... Bits of it look great, you know? Bits of it really look good. But then other bits just look really shoddy, like something from a 1990s 
computer game. It's a bit... Yeah. yeah. But don't be put off by its look. It's it's pretty fun little 15-minute thing. I will do, man. Yeah. yeah. I just, I've just been busy and not thought about it, really. But I will definitely catch up with it, because I really enjoyed the first first two episodes. They're very good. Yeah. I know what you yeah. mean, dude. Time just goes, doesn't it? I mean, like that, downloading that big finish, I thought, I downloaded that on Monday. Thought, yeah, I'll get that on. I'll, you know, probably sometime this week when I'm doing the ironing or whatever, I'll, I'll put that on and... Here we are, Thursday morning. I've had no chance to. Time just goes. Yeah. So I know what it's like. Yeah. Put it on. Put it on your wish list. Will do. I expect me and you have been too busy watching Mandalorian. That's what it is. Well, there is that as well. Yeah, I'm loving that actually. Absolutely loving. That's great. Yeah. He's got a name. I actually gasped. I'm not going to say it. Don't want to spoil it for anyone that. uh, Is that? Have I already spoiled it by even saying that? No, not really. No. Okay, Don't, you might have to cut that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, but yeah, I gasped when they revealed that. I thought, oh, so we know his name now, <laughs> uh, which is all cool. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, yeah. Yep. How uh, many episodes have we got left of that? Uh, I think we've got th- f- three or four. Four, I think. Yeah, see, no, so three. that's another one where I always think, oh, you start thinking, oh, no, we've only got so many left. <laughs> yeah, we've got three bit, left. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, that's, that's been good. me, mate. That's been yeah. you. Yeah, I've that's not done an uh, easy one for me, mate. I've not done anything Doctor Who this week. I've been rubbish yeah. with the old with the old Who. I've just had a busy week so far, dude. I've not had time to 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 sit down and read or watch anything really other than our review uh, story. A, so, yeah. a bit off topic, but have you been watching uh, his, his Dark Materials? I don't like it, mate. Oh, no. no. I don't like that series. Oh, God, I can hear Morgan McCandle switching off the podcast as we speak. Oh, yeah, I know Morgan loves it, yeah. Oh, he loves it. Me and Morgan have been having chats. So, oh, mate, it's... it's. Um, I thought you'd really like that. I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, bored out of my mind, mate. Bored <laughs> out of my mind a bit. Oh, dear. It's, um, yeah, it can be a bit slow in places, but I, I'm really enjoying that. Oh, I thought you'd be watching it. Nah. No. no. Bored, mate. Well, see, if it does, that's the thing, isn't it? If it doesn't grab you, that's it. Well, that's it. If you don't no. grab you, then see you later. No Mandalorian. No, very much not. Very much so. Yeah, so rubbish for me, mate, but I'm glad you've done some Big Finish stuff. Actually, talking of the Big Finish story that you downloaded, the 10th Doctor and River song, we've got a review of that on our website if you want to check it out. Yes, Anybody? yeah, so I haven't read the review because I don't want any spoilers. Yeah. But uh, I'll read the review once I've listened to it, yeah. Yeah, Mark Donaldson did a good job on that one. Yeah, it's a pretty decent review, that one. Very good. Um, right, dude, let's crack on because I haven't done anything, so... um. Okay. Yeah, let's land the old TARDIS and uh, come with the news. We finally have some Revolution of the Daleks story stuff to talk about, details and whatnot. Yeah. So we've we've had a quandary, haven't we, for a while? about what are they actually going to do with this? Is it going to be a Crimbo Day thing or a New Year's Day thing? So now they've put us out of our misery and it's going to be here on New Year's Day. So I guess technically slash officially it's a 2021 Doctor Who story because it'll be out on New Year's Day. And we had a trailer drop as well, Uh, a lengthy-ish trailer as well, which is good. It wasn't the flash in the pan one and a half seconds uh, <laughs> Captain Jack uh, teaser that we had last week or the week before. And uh, this is a pretty decent trailer, dude. I'm not going to lie. It's, um, and one thing I did, just one thing that left me almost with my mouth, my jaw on the floor, 
was just how amazing Doctor Who looks in this mm. episode. Yeah. The scenes, particularly with the Daleks and that huge Dalek ship that's kind mm-hmm. of hovering over part, I'm assuming it's either Sheffield or London. It, it looks freaking awesome. And like the, you can tell they've just upped the, the budget and the production quality for the, for the CG stuff. So that looks really good. And how the Daleks actually move through the air and all the explosions. And even like the, um, the voice treatment that they've given Nick Briggs's voice for the Daleks. It's just got this real big, real big bassy presence to it. Mm. It looks really cool, dude. What did you think to um to the trailer overall? Like because we they haven't given much away in terms of story, other than it's obviously another uh, Daleks are going to take over the over the planet sort of thing. But uh, yeah. what did you think to um the overall vibe of the the story from the trailer? I I, I really liked the trailer. Um, it it really uh, brought me, kind of made me sit up a little bit because I haven't been overly excited about this special. Feels like it's just been so long coming that I've kind of lost interest. And also, Daleks again. I mean, the Daleks service saturated. I, I wasn't really too bothered. Um, but this trailer made me sit up, and I thought, wow, that looks good. That really does look good. I agree with you about the production values. Um, the Daleks themselves. Yeah, I I think. In an interview somewhere, Chibnall said, look, guys, don't lose your head over the new Dalek design. It's not a replacement. It's an alternative. And I like that. As an alternative design, I quite like it. Mm. I don't want it to replace, like, because I love the, you know, the classic design that they've sort of carried on, if not the paradigm, but the, you know, the, the gold ones and stuff. But, yeah, as an alternative design, I actually really like Daleks. And seeing them on screen actually in action, I think they do look good. They look really mean. They look awesome. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah. I think that yeah, yeah. They they definitely have a presence to them, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. So it it um, surprised me as well because we got to see that Matey from the Spider episode is back, and I really wasn't expecting <laughs> to see him. I Jack don't know Robertson. the character's name. Jack Robertson is Jack the character. Robertson. Name, I, yeah. I, yeah, I still call him Mr. Big because I think of him from Section <laughs> C. But he's back. I really wasn't didn't see that coming. So mm-hmm. how does that fit into it? Um, I'm hoping he'll finally get his comeuppance as well because the thing that I remember being so frustrated about when that episode aired, the spider one, Arachnids in the UK, was how the Doctor let him off. I thought that was the moment we were going to get see Jodie turn because, you know, I remember I said at the time, like, I thought she was going to walk up to him and really give him both barrels. And, we were, and that was the side of the Doctor I'd been waiting to see from her. And it didn't happen. She, he just walked out of the room, and I couldn't believe it at the time. I was like, what is going on? So I'm hoping he's back and he's finally going to get his comeuppance, that guy. Yeah. Um, but the trailer looked good. Yeah, it really looked good. It was very Dr. Light. I've uh, watched it a few times now. We see Jodie at the start behind bars, and then we see her at the end up with the chalkboards, you know, counting the days. And I think that's it. I don't think she's in it apart from that. No, so very Doctor no. Light trailer. No. Um, so they're they're trying to give the impression that the Doctor's locked up and the the fam are going to have to save the day. So uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we know the Chib likes to keep everything secret, and I think this trailer gives enough away to really get me excited. But hopefully, it hasn't given too much away. Um, and I don't think it has. I think it's just enough. You know, we've got to see a few characters. Uh, we've got to see he's back. We know Jodie's in prison. Jack's back, obviously, which we know knew about last week. Um, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I think he's going to bring 
chapter fun to the story. You know, I can imagine him with the fam is, is going to be some good scenes, I would think. Yeah. So um, there's that other lady as well. You've got that prime minister lady or whatever she is outside uh, Downing Street with the two Daleks. And again, I thought just visually those sort of things really stuck in my mind, even after watching it for the first time before I went back and rewatched it. The, the trailer left images in my mind straight away, which I thought was a really good sign. Like the Downing Street, like the Dalek coming through the forest and the smoke, mm-hmm. you know, like Mr. Big or whatever his name is, the you know the <laughs> returning character, Jodie in the prison. There were things that just stuck in my mind straight away. Like I thought, oh, that looked good. Dalek's firing through the street. Do you know what I mean? I could instantly recall stuff that I thought looked good. So visually, I think it's um, definitely looking very promising. Yeah, I was, I was pretty impressive it um it's definitely given me a buzz i'm really looking forward to seeing it now i I just hope it lives up to it (laughs) yeah no definitely mate yeah it does have a good a good vibe and some of those scenes they do look really iconic like that scene where uh, i think the uh the woman who's i I assume is meant to be the prime minister or someone similar uh played by dame harriet walter she's uh she she calls she calls them like sentinel guards or something like that yeah something like that yeah sentinel droids or something and um yeah just that whole it just looks really iconic those things and yeah man i like the the alternative design for the daleks look pretty pretty cool it's gonna be interesting to see what those guys are up to uh so yeah the actual the overall vibe look and feel and everything looks really good and we have got a little bit of a a bit of an update from the chib bag himself he says we've crammed (laughs) this year's doctor who festive special with an explosion of extraordinary acting talent where else would you get British acting royalty, a globally renowned US screen star, an international treasure of stage and screen, and one of Britain's hottest young actors? Just in case, uh, just in the guest cast, put those together with Jodie, Bradley, Mandip, and Tosin, and Daleks. Did I mention Daleks? And you get a cast to be exterminated for, and things will explode. Promise. So I think what Chibbers is trying to say that. The, the episode is going to be a combination of some fantastic actors. So we're hoping for some good performances with a load of action by the sound of it. So mm-hmm. it could be, it could be one of the, one of the better, let's call it a festive special then, because the Christmas specials over the years haven't really set the world on fire. Yeah. And uh, last year's one wasn't, wasn't too great either. So this could be, could be a good one so that's like the story kind of thing it's going to be good for that and the other thing i want to pick up on story wise is it it does feel very doctor light because in the trailer we have the scene with the companions are around the the console and they're trying to figure out how they're going to keep the world safe while the doctor's away Mm. so i think the conversations along the lines of well somebody's got to look after and protect protect the planet and i think it's um yeah, I think it's uh, Yaz that's quite kind of apprehensive about it. That's what the vibe you get from the trailer. She's that bit where that, that be... thing jumps on Yaz's back as well. That's that's another thing stuck in my mind. It's like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, and the way uh, that, that she looks at um, Graham as well. A couple mm. of scenes. It feels like there's a slight divide in this one between the companions. Yeah, and then you mentioned the TARDIS there as well because at, at first I thought it was Joe Martin's TARDIS. I thought it was the fugitive TARDIS, but of course. Um, that they're in inside but of course someone reminded me no that's the that's the TARDIS Jodie sends them home in isn't it in yes. in the timeless child children mm-hmm. or whatever it's called um yeah. so yeah I was at first I was like oh my I was waiting for sort of the fugitive doctor to appear as well but 
But uh, maybe she will. I doubt it. I think it's just that that TARDIS. Didn't that yeah. turn into like a, a semi-detached house? A house, yeah. yeah. Which I think, again, could be quite good fun. Um, yeah, it's covered in post-it notes as well. The TARDIS yeah. is here and everything. It's just post-it notes everywhere, all over the console, the floor. There's a wall. There's like some glass doors and a wall behind that. And that's got loads of um, sheets of paper and post-it notes everywhere. So you can tell they're in kind of planning or investigating mode. It looks like. But this TARDIS does look really nice, though, still. This whole TARDIS it, interior. It does. I love it. Yeah. I mean, tonally, it looks quite dark as well. And because um, I, I was convinced this was going to be Christmas Day this year, just because of, like I said last week, I think probably very little has been filmed ready for the BBC to show. So um, I'm not too bothered it's on New Year's Day. I don't know about you. I mean, I know some people get really angry about this. They really wanted it on Christmas Day. It doesn't really, I don't really see the problem. Because apart from having to wait another week to see it, in some ways for me, I'm probably more likely to be able to watch it live on New Year's Day than Christmas Day, or at least be able to hear it anyway. So I'm, I'm not too bothered. But how do you feel? Would you have preferred it Christmas Day or does it bother you? Yeah, I would have preferred it on Christmas Day. You would, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to lose sleep over it being on New Year's Day, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump on Twitter and start venting about it. <laughs> so uh, it would have been nice for Crimba Day, but me, whatever. Yeah, I was going to say I, what I was about to say was tonally it looks quite dark, so maybe they thought they wouldn't put it on Christmas Day. But then I was thinking they're quite happy to show people shooting each other and stabbing each other in EastEnders. So why would why would this stop them? But uh, on Christmas Day, but um, yeah, I think tonally it looks pretty dark. I was sort of waiting for Jodie to come out with a silly one-liner or catchphrase in the trailer, and that didn't happen at all. As I said, we only got two clips of her and she looks very downtrodden and more serious so i'm really hoping we get to see a sort of more um not somber side of the doctor but more a more serious side to the doctor, yeah, you know i'm yeah. fed up of them writing her to be childish and stupid so let's i hope for she's hopefully she's written a bit better in this special as well yeah. um but yeah we didn't get get much didn't get to see much of the doctor so we don't know but yeah. i was sort of waiting for it you know what i mean normally in the trailer she'll turn to camera and say something and oh it's, it's funny we didn't get any <laughs> of that it was just seemed to be just sort of like action drama suspense and i thought yeah that that's what i'm sort of looking for this is more my my sort of thing so yep. yeah i'm looking forward to it yes yeah there's definitely a more somber tone as we kick off as well i imagine the first half of the story it looks like anyway uh, but two other things just to pick up on uh, related to this the first one is what time you can watch it and how long it's going to last for so here in the uk you will be able to watch it on bbc one at quarter to seven in the evening and over in the US you'll be able to watch it at 8pm on the same day which not, is not a bad time bad. for us mm. is it that's a good time I reckon that's about when I'd want to be sort of sitting down and watching it I reckon yeah not too bad time. the other cool mm. thing is the runtime. yes yeah this is uh, this is pretty awesome this is almost a feature film so this is 75 minutes long mm. which is pretty amazing so this is the second longest since the day of the doctor which came in just a bit longer at 77 minutes so two minutes um, oh, right. <laughs> two minutes off the uh off the record but yeah dude this is like an hour and 15 minutes it's almost a film uh, in terms of runtime so that should give them should give them enough time to work up a very cool narrative from start to finish because trying to do all of this stuff in a standard series runtime of what 45-ish minutes yeah. 40 minutes would be quite difficult so yeah dude i quite like the runtime and then um uh people are not gonna be falling asleep right because i know it's new year's day people have been out 
hungover. <laughs> yeah, a bit, bit hungover, a bit tired. So, um, yeah, just make sure you watch this. Uh, make sure you what you record this, sorry, as a backup. Because I can imagine a lot of people on the sofa feel with, with sore heads, feeling a little bit uh, sleepy. But, yeah, it's a cool runtime, dude. It is a cool runtime. And, of course, the other thing that's been revealed about this special is that um, we are losing two members of the fam. It's been officially uh, announced, isn't it, that Graham and uh, Ryan will be leaving. So Bradley and Tosin are off. Um, hmm. The end of the fam as we know it is the headline. I, I've got to say, I don't know why, and I really hate the term fam. It feels so tacky. Like the BBC <laughs> use it all the time now. The fam, the fam. Anyway, um, yeah, those guys are off. I think it's for the best, uh, personally. I do really like Graham. I think Bradley Walsh has been superb. Uh, I really do. I think he's been great in this in the two series that he's been in. But he did get pushed to the back in Series 12, I think. I think he, in some ways he was overshadowing uh, the rest of the cast a bit because his acting was just on another, another level to the those other guys, I'm afraid. He just, he just seemed to be getting all the one-liners and stuff. In Series 11, he was just brilliant. And him and Tosin, to be fair, they did have a nice little storyline, didn't they? The whole sort of bonding thing. I, I did enjoy that through Series 11. Series 12, it felt to me, they just there were scenes particularly with uh, Tosin where he was just, we said it, and he was just stood in the background looking like he had nothing to do. I really don't think the writers knew what to do with his character. He had one story, didn't he, about um, his friend, which sort of put him at the forefront a bit, mm-hmm. um, dealing with mental health and that sort of thing. But really, yeah, these guys, I feel like their sort of story is, is over. Once they sort of, that bonding storyline was done in series 12 and all the stuff with Grace, I don't feel we've had much of that in series 12. And as much as I like uh, Graham, I, I'm kind of, I'm not glad they're leaving. That sounds horrible, but I think it's for the best. I think, yeah, it's, it's time for them to move on. Um, I'll miss Graham. Ryan, I'm sorry, Ryan. I just, I can't say I'm going to miss you, but, you know, as I said, I liked the story in series 11 of you with Ryan and uh, Graham. So that was nice. But I just don't think he's, he's been given much development, Ryan, particularly. I don't, don't think there's much to do with his character. So, yeah, that's a yeah, fair point, buddy. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be not harsh. I just think it's for the best. Um, no, I think you're right. It, it it is for the best because we we said it right from from the start when when Jody's era started that it was going to be a crowded TARDIS again. Yeah, it's sort of mm-hmm. remember back in the day with the whole Davis and <laughs> Adric had to go. I know. You know, one of them's got to go. So I'll be honest, I didn't think two were going to go. I thought they were. I th- I knew that. Well, we suspected that Graham was going to go because even though he does provide a bit of comic relief now and then, his character has just reached that point where it's clear that um, his, uh, was it his girlfriend or his wife who died in the first episode? Yeah, um, Grace. Grace, yeah. sorry, yeah. She's clearly, although they can do it in Doctor Who, uh, she's clearly not coming back. So he's accepted that, that she's gone. He's made peace with Ryan. Those two have, in a good, they're in a good place now. Like you said, there isn't really anywhere else to do, to take the character to. So uh, it's definitely a good thing, I think. So will it be the Doctor and Yaz in Series Thirteen, or will it be 
uh, another companion? Will they get another person on board or will it be just the two of them? We're not sure. But the, with Ryan leaving as well, uh, it was expected that one of them was going to go, but to have two uh, is a good thing. And Ryan, same as you, mate, in a similar fashion to to Graham, his character has just not really got anything... Uh, I don't know, like the whole thing with, with Davison's era, like Nyssa had a had a, a reason to be with, with the Doctor and they paired her quite well and then the way she left was quite good. It felt a natural time for her to go and then Tegan just desperate all the time to get back to Heathrow <laughs> Airport and all that stuff. Um, so those, those companions, they kind of had a reason to be with the Doctor. There was always that push and pull, like it was really good to be with the Doctor but at the same time, like, I really want to go off and, you know, go do something else. Or I want to be back at home where I was before. Whereas these two, they're just like, well, it's kind of like a Sunday job. <laughs> if that yeah. makes, you know, it's like a casual kind of, well, yeah. Because remember in the last series, they were really happy to be back on Earth for a while. Yeah. There was an episode where they went back to Earth. They went off and do their own, did their own thing. And it didn't feel like they were absolutely desperate to get back to like go traveling with the doctor again in very stark contrast. And we'll come on to it with our review of army of ghosts and doomsday in very stark contrast to Rose, who is yeah. absolutely beside herself and like willing to risk death. Exactly. Yeah. And giving up her mum and everything to go and travel with the doctor. You don't get that with these companions. You don't get that feeling like they absolutely have to be traveling with the doctor. They could just sort yeah. of take it or leave it. So it feels like an, a natural time. They've, done, they've had a couple of series together. It feels like a natural time to go. So it will just be interesting to see what they do with series 13. And will, will it be just the Doctor and Yaz? That will be a... I hope so, because it is cool having that Doctor and Solo Companion vibe for a while. I, I, to be honest, I've been happy with the Doctor and Yaz. I, I think that, that has potential to work well. And I, I... Some people give Yaz quite a hard time, don't they? I mean, some people might say I'm giving toasting a hard time but um i i actually have never really had a problem with yaz I, I think she's she's definitely got potential she was they did write her better in series 12 so I, I think there's a good there's a potential for a good dynamic having just those two um so yeah the thing is that you're right with toasting i don't really know anything about ryan's character you know like what do we know about him particularly you know he's been in two series and he gets like the odd funny line and he gets the odd bit where he's like, oh, I just, yay, I managed to shoot one down. And that's about it. He hasn't, they haven't really given him any meat to, to his character. Well, so yeah. I think that's why I won't miss him really, because there's just nothing really there for me to miss. The only thing that they threw us was the storyline around his dad. Yeah. Remember which, his dad coming back. Yeah, see, I mean, I'd, I'd even, I'd forgotten all about exactly, that. Really. Mate, yeah. Yeah, so exactly, mate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. says it all. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It feels like a natural time because whatever they've done already with the characters, they've done that stuff. They've tied up all of like the emotional backstories or anything that might lead them to, to know. It, it just feels like a good time for them to go. Like if we, if they were around for another series, if mm. they were in series 13, then we would have had, unfortunately, we probably would have been moaning throughout that episode as we reviewed them about, oh, that companion didn't have enough to do that companion was sidelined all that companion did in this story was a few one-liners and that was it and you know so it got to the point as well where they were just in most of the episodes at least one of them was useless do you, what was that story yeah. where i said to you this toast in realize he's in the in shot because there was one yeah, story that, that was where he was the in the tesla background he, the tesla 
story. He looked like he was just, he looked like he didn't realise the camera was on him. He was just in the background mm-hmm. twiddling his thumbs, looking for. But with Bradley, um, in the first episode, I remember, because he, he really, I really warmed to him straight away because we got that lovely scene where he was at the funeral and he was talking about his cancer. And I thought, you know, blimey, Bradley Walsh is delivering a heck of a performance. This is his first episode of Pooh. And you, he, he felt so. He felt like a real person, you know. He really sort of nailed that character straight away. And I thought we were sort of going to explore that a bit because as soon as he mentioned he'd got cancer, but he got over it, but he was still, you know, had to get tested and regularly. I thought, yeah, okay, they're going to, you know, a lot of people go through that, and, and we'll we'll experience that with him. It hasn't, apart from that re- awful scene with the doctor, where she didn't know how to react. I mean, that was so badly written, in my opinion. But apart from that scene. We haven't really touched much on on that, have we? Not and really. I'm not saying not it should really. have been like every episode. You know, I just think they put that there as a storyline, but they haven't really sort of taken it anywhere. Um, but it does lead me on to how we think they're going to go. I mean, I'm assuming one of them's going to die, I assume. And do you know what? I kind of hope they don't because I'd like to see the I'd like to see the writers be a bit more original. Why is it? Okay, the cast leaving right, one of them's going to die. Why do they always have to die? You know, I think can we not think of something more original to do? Yeah, I think it will. I think one of them will die because I'm pretty sure one. Of them well, Chibbers goes on to say in another another interview somewhere else. Um, he says, "I think we've all been in tears watching it." He says it's a really important part of the mix of the special, where you get lots of thrills, spills, humour, lots of Daleks, but there's also lots of emotion. He says it's hard, but we don't shy away from it from what it means for this family to have its final moments. And it was emotional off screen and on screen. And it's an incredible thing. Who's your money on? Who's going to die? Which one? I'm going to say Ryan. You've got, have you got visions of Graham cradling Cradling Ryan? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Okay. The, The thing is, if I might have slightly changed my mind in the split second, because I've just suddenly realized if one of them dies, then that has got to take Jodie's Doctor into a darker place, which I really want to see. She cannot carry on being little Miss Fizzle, all happy and light, if one of her companions has died because of, you know, at her own hands sort of thing. Because, you know, because it will be her fault. She involved them in all this thing. So if one of them dies, they have got to make her Doctor a little bit more serious and darker, which I'm all for. So... Maybe I do want one of them to die. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Though they can't, mm-hmm. they can't have one of these characters die, and and then series thirteen, the Doctor's just back to being, oh, I am Benedict Wellington's me. Oh, aren't I great? And being all funny and light. You, she's got to, you know, accept her cons- the consequences of what, one of them dying. Yeah, so, it'll be a similar thing. What they did with David Tennant. Remember? Yeah. Remember when Martha first jumped on board? He was a bit down in the dumps, wasn't he, for the first few episodes, whenever the subject of companions came up, or especially Rose. It was like, you know, we just told him the family dog's dead, and yeah. So anyway, that's that's what's going on with uh, with Revolution of the Daleks. I'm actually really looking forward to this, bud. I am. I I was hoping the trailer was going to pull us in and and give us some really cool stuff. Look forward to it. And it's done its job very well. So we will see what happens on New Year's on New Year's Day, and um, we will be reviewing that in the... Let's have a look. Uh, we've got that in. Yeah, so we were due to record another story for the first week of January, but we'll obviously uh, 
throw that in the trash and we will do um, Revolution of the Daleks. Yes. So we'll give you our review on that on the first week of Jan. All being well. Uh, right, should we go over to Merch Corner and see what old Grumpy Grumpy Pants has got? Oh, let's see what he's got, yeah. Get him in. Merch Corner. Merch Corner. Merch Corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now, here to help. Once it's in your head, never leaves. It almost feels like <laughs> Dalek Tat is one percent happier than what he normally is. One percent. It almost feels like it. I think he's getting excited about the the festive special as well. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Yes, I think there's more to these Daleks than than we we think. I think he knows. He knows. He knows something. Yeah, yeah. he does look a little bit there. Look, he's always lights again. Yeah. What does he know? What yeah. does he know? Anyway, bugger off. Thank you. Right, some soundtracks are on the way. Well, one soundtrack is on the way. Bit of a different one, this. Normally, yeah. when we talk about soundtracks, it's either from the Murray Gold stuff or it's, a, or it's an old classic that they've released on vinyl. This one is a vinyl, but it's for a video game. So back when they released the Doctor Who Edge of Time, the VR video game, uh, that was received pretty well. But I did not think that they would release the soundtrack, so the soundtrack must be pretty good. And this is coming as a double LP vinyl, pressed on the 140 gram uh, vinyl uh, records, and it's going to be in the the two different records coming to colour. So there's a bright red and a bright purple. And engraved into the records themselves... Uh, etched into well side d on one of them uh, they've etched the the gallifreyan seal of rassilon into the mm. the record which looks very very nice and uh, so yeah for the first time the original composition by richard wilkinson which was done especially for that video that vr video game uh, will be out soon so the storyline to the video game in case anyone has forgotten that. So the mysterious enemy threatens to tear apart the universe and only you can stop them. Armed with the sonic screwdriver, players will solve mind-bending puzzles, grapple with iconic monsters and encounter new horizons in a quest to find the Doctor and defeat a powerful force that threatens to destroy the fabric of reality. Which looks very good. And you can pre-order this now from Amazon and probably a, a few other places. And it will cost you twenty six ninety nine. It's out at the end of January the twenty second, and the track listing is on side A. Um, actually, there's no point talking about all of these because no one's going to know <laughs> uh, what any of the tracks are. Anyway, there are nine tracks on sides A and B of the first record, and on the other record there is another nine. Oh, so there's nine tracks on every record. And that lovely seal. <laughs> and the lovely seal of Rassel on side D on the red record, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure on this one, but I don't think I'm going to purchase this purely because I've never heard any of the music before. So if it ends up going into Spotify or Apple Music or something like that, I might check it out. And if it sounds really good, then I might mm. try and track this down. But uh, one for you, maybe. Maybe look. Maybe just on the looks alone, it looks quite cool. 
It, it does look nice. Yeah, this was a bit of a surprise. So I, I wasn't expecting this at all. Um, I immediately liked the artwork. I have to be honest. It as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, I really do like the look of it, and I loved the etched Rassilon thing on the vinyl. So I did pre-order this for Amazon. I mean, obviously it's not out yet, so I could still cancel. But I, I've taken a, a punt on it because just because of the look of it, the coloured vinyl and the packaging looks great. Um, weird thing though. So I pre-ordered it on Amazon, and then I got an email saying download your free auto rip of the album now and i thought oh great i can actually listen to it while i wait for it to get dispatched um <laughs> went into my amazon music edge of time album pressed play thought this sounds a bit weird it sounds like a folk album what is this realized that the auto rip that they've got with it is completely wrong <laughs> it's oh, like God. some folk artist it's it, it's somebody like bill heverton but the album's called The Edge of Time. so Oh, no. So they've got the right album title, but completely <laughs> wrong album. But, uh, yeah, so that's a bit of a disappointment because I was quite excited to hear it because, like you, I I don't know any of this music. <laughs> so I'm just going on a bit of a gamble with it. But, yeah, yeah I might contact Amazon about that. I, I haven't bothered because the last time I had this, <laughs> the last time I had to contact Amazon because the, the files were wrong. This has happened three times, and I have never, ever managed to get it sorted with the person at the other end of the chat. They, it's, it is like talking to a brick wall. Bloody like you Amazon. Go, you say to yeah. so what could be what is so complicated? You, the, the files that you've given us to download are a different album. And... I just can't put it any clearer than that. And you just end up going saying it about a thousand times and they, they say they're going to check and then nothing happens. And it's just a waste of time, but it's a shame because I was really looking forward to hearing it, but I'll have to wait till it arrives, I guess. Oh mate. Yeah. But it looks nice. Yeah. I've, I've gone for it just because I think it looks really, really good. And hopefully the music's good. I don't know. Maybe any, yeah. if somebody out there has actually heard it somehow, I think it was, Somebody in the comments said it was available to download, uh, to listen to for a short time somewhere. I don't know where. Okay. But uh, if anyone has heard it, let us know if it's good. Otherwise, I might cancel my pre-order. <laughs> uh, it yeah, looks that's nice. cool. Yeah, especially the artwork. The artwork on the the gatefold looks really cool. It's got a Dalek right in the front. In the background, it's got the TARDIS with a weeping angel, and yeah, mm. it looks very cool. But the yeah, on Amazon, if you click on this, it says there's two different versions available. If you click on the MP3. It takes you to somebody called Browncoat, The Edge of Time, and it's only three tracks. It's like a folk bandy sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a bit weird, but yeah, just don't click on the MP3. Don't do any of that. If you want this, just leave it on vinyl um, yeah. and pre-order that. But yeah, we'll, one of us will listen to it at some point. We'll let you know let you know what the deal is with that, but it looks pretty cool, dude. It does look pretty cool. Right, never want, never wants to waste any time. The BBC have already getting out their first merchandise for the Christmas special, uh, festive special, sorry, uh, Revolution of Daleks. So Hero Collector are going to be doing a, uh, what do they call it? A chibi. <laughs> a chibi pin badge <laughs> box set, which will feature seven highly detailed metal pin badges depicting the Doctor, Jodie Whittaker in brackets, in her prison uniform, a badge of the new Revolution Dalek and five other mystery characters from the special, all in the adorable Chibi style. Um, so it comes in a nice little presentation box. Uh, I've got some of the previous ones they did. So they did all the Doctors. And um, I love these little badges. They're the Chibi style. I mean, I don't know who came up with that phrase, but it 
it's hard to explain, but they are really, really nice badges. Um, very, very good quality badges. I probably won't get this one because who are the mystery characters going to be? It's obviously going to be Matey from Sex and the City is one of them. Graham, Do you think so? Ryan and Yaz, maybe? I would have thought it would have been Captain Jack. Oh, of course. Captain Jack, yeah. Graham, Yaz and Ryan, and then probably... Uh, I'm not sure who else it could be. Mm, I don't know. Don't know who the fifth uh, fifth person is. Maybe it's um, yeah, maybe it's Mister Big or whatever, or it's the Prime Minister woman. Who knows? I was thinking that, but but anyway, you can you can pre-order these now. Uh, I think it's thirty four ninety nine. I'm just going to check. They are lovely, lovely badges. I have to say, I've got got the previous ones. They did some monster ones as well, which I'm yet to pick up, uh, which are really good. But if you want to get your Revolution of the Daleks Chibi <laughs> pin badge set. Um, head over to Hero Collector. Yeah, thirty four ninety nine comes in a nice little little box. Um, they were doing those other badges on offer. I don't know if they still are, but the Doctor ones are awesome, uh, especially the little McCoy one. Although he looks so sad, but yeah, they are nice, really nice badges. They are quite cute. If you were going to get one, would would you? Uh, you probably wouldn't get this one, would you? But would you? No. A little Doctor badge. Maybe a little Doctor one. Yeah. Little McCoy badge, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I like so the chibi, uh, the chibi socks you can get from chibi Hero socks? Collector. You can get uh, socks with little chibi characters on. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can get a box set with three pairs, or you can get Weeping Angels, or uh, the Daleks, or Cybermen. They do some great tees as well, actually. Um, I know I've, I've got a couple of t-shirts from these guys um, in the past. They're really nice, like the Genesis Davros one and stuff. Uh, I have yeah, to say, nice the uh, the little chibi badge of the Ice Warrior is very cute. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. Very cute indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like your chibi pin badges or your socks, your socks head on yeah. over yeah. to uh, Hero Collector, yeah. There you go. Right, that's it for news and merch, bud. That's Let's get on to our review. Let's do it. What are we doing this week? Yeah, so yeah, the uh, two-part finale to Series 2. Gosh, this feels so long ago. Uh, which is, of course, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. My name is Rose Tyler, and this is a story of Torchwood. The Torchwood Institute. The last story I'll ever tell. The valiant child who will die in battle so very soon. I said I was going to die in battle. Then I lied. Welcome to Torchwood. Why are you taking that? If it's alien, it's ours. Woke up one morning and there they all were. Ghosts everywhere. They're bleeding through the fault lines. Walking from their world, across the void and into yours. You can't stop us, Doctor. We've got a problem down here. Yvonne, can you hear me? We send that thing back into hell. The Doctor lording it over us, assuming alien authority over the rights of man. This world's colliding with another. Position! Too many ghosts. Millions of them. Right across the world. The advance guard. What are they? That's not Cybermen. Oh this is a story of how I died. Genesis Ark is primed! We must protect the Genesis Ark! I ordered surrender! They're not taking instructions. Don't you understand? You're on every street. You're in their homes. You've got their children. Of course they're gonna fight. 
can't believe this was 2006 dude i cannot believe it was that long ago <laughs> unbelievable yeah it's a while ago now mate yeah so it was the the first part went out on the 1st of july 2006 second part went out on the 8th of july a week later uh, it was written by russell t davis directed by graham harper stars david tennant and, and billy piper and then we have a fairly substantial supporting cast in this one we've got Mickey, Mickey's mum, uh, sorry, got Rose's mum, Mickey. Uh, we've got Pete Tyler back and uh, a couple of other characters, the Daleks and the Cybermen, both voiced by Nick Briggs and a very quick fleeting cameo right at the end from Catherine Tate Yeah, as Donna Noble. And the story for this one is part one is very much uh, well, it's Rose and the Doctor return to what they think is their normal timeline, modern-day London, uh, to find that what they have been described as, as ghosts, are appearing all over the world. So they end up at Torchwood to try and find the answer to what's going on. Uh, and then something else is uh, lingering around as well in the Torchwood Tower. They've got the big sphere, which nobody can explain what it is or where it's come from. And then in part two... We see the Cybermen emerge from their, um, whatever it was they were, they're sort of appearing to people from from the void, but now they've crossed over and now they're they're in the real world. And the Daleks are also uh, showed up and then the sphere opens, the Daleks come out and then we've got this uh, Genesis arc thing and the big invasion and uh, it's down to the Doctor and... Uh, and Rose and some other people that turn up to help as well to try and stop this uh, with a bit of an emotional end in this one. Russell mm. does like his emotional wrap-ups to these. So, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, bud, what are your feelings on this one? Mm. I haven't watched this in so long. It's been ages since I last put this on. Um, I was really looking forward to revisiting this one, actually, because it, it is obviously, at the time, it was such a big deal. We I think we knew Billy was leaving and I remember the trailer from, uh, was it Fear Her that was on before this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the trailer sort of teased that she it was a, this is the day I die. And you think, oh, my God, it's going to be such a big exit for Rose. And there was quite a lot riding on this two-parter. And I think it, it mostly delivers. But I have to say, it wasn't quite as good as I remembered it. It it hasn't aged as quite as well as I hoped it would. Um, but I, d- I did think it was fun. I, I still really enjoyed watching it. I I think part one's probably slightly better. I love all the build-up, whereas part two um, kind of loses it a bit for me. I, I do find the ending a bit, although it's brilliantly acted from David and Billy, the whole I love you thing annoyed me at the time, and it still makes me wince a bit now. <laughs> it's just a little bit like, I think the dialogue could have been better because they really are acting their socks off on that beach, and it's a great scene in terms of the acting, but I, I don't particularly like so if there's one last chance to say it and all that sort of stuff, I, I find that a bit, I just never really, you know, I, I don't, this whole relationship, will they, won't they sing between the Doctor and Rose? I've never been 100% comfortable with that. But um, yeah, overall, I quite enjoyed it, mate. I thought it was good. Uh, it, it's great to see the Daleks and the Cybermen uh, battling it out. Again, in my memory, there's much more of that. Watching it again yesterday, 
there's not that much fighting between the Daleks and Cybermen. I thought there was loads uh, from what I remember, but there's not that much. We did get to see some great scenes of the Cybermen on the streets and bashing down doors, and that's great stuff. I mean, that that really looks good. Um, and I love the whole the concept of, uh, what's it called? The, I wrote it down. You know, the, the Cult of Scarrow. I thought that was such a really cool idea, this capsule, Time Lord technology, you know, bigger on the inside. It's got a million Daleks. And I remember at the time thinking that was such a great idea. Um, and I really think that is a cool concept. I loved all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was good. It was good. It's not as good as I remember. It's, it's, it's production-wise, it, it's, it's um, I don't know. You know how we sometimes say how gorgeous an episode looks? We quite often say, don't we, God, this was so many years ago, and yet it still looks great. To me, the production didn't look very polished. Um, you know, the, I, 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 it's probably a strange thing to say, but I hate the lighting, for example, in the TARDIS. It's just really weird. I don't know if they've put, like, a filter on it. I thought it at the time as well. It's not just looking back on it. Like, the whole bit when it cuts back to the Doctor crying at the end, it's sort of really garishly overlit when you think of those very beautiful colours of like the ninth doctor in his TARDIS. It's all very sort of earthy and I don't know, they seem to put this bright filter on it. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're very into the sort of technical side of things. I really don't like the the way the episode looks at times. Um, it just looks a bit cheap. Like even things like the things that they put around their neck to go between the voids, they look so plasticky and cheap and the sets don't look particularly good in this. So production wise, it's surprisingly bland for a series two-parter i think it's, it does feel to me a little bit low budget um just compared to some of the other stories that we've gone back and watched and how good they still look this feels to me a little bit like they found a warehouse in cardiff somewhere and they've done it up to look like torchwood and it, it just doesn't look particularly great as an episode i don't think in places the cgi certainly hasn't dated very well in places but you know i mean doctor who is never a program to be judged by its production values i realize that but I don't know. Just compared to other stories, it didn't look as good as I remembered it either. Um, hmm. But yeah, story-wise, not bad. Just a bit of a smolchy ending. <laughs> a little bit too much, I thought, at the end. But yeah, overall, pretty decent. Uh, still a fun watch. Lots of humour in it. Much more humour than I remembered. You know, you got Peggy Mitchell at the start of it. That <laughs> that cracked me up. And she's telling them... Cyber Watts, get out of my pub. <laughs> I mean, I did laugh at that, and then, and some of the other stuff that I think Russell got away with it is funny. But I think if you know today we'd be saying, "Oh, I can't believe they did that, Doctor. That's so tacky." You know, the, the weatherman saying it's going to be heavy ghosts this afternoon, <laughs> and it's it is borderline ridiculous in places. Um, the humour, uh, but yeah, I, I I've got quite a few other bits to say in it, um, but I'll I'll cut over to you give my i'll have a, take a breather but so uh, yeah it's okay it's it's a, a good two-parter but i don't think it's great hmm. i thought you'd be up for this one mate thought you'd be loving i it. thought i yeah i thought i was i was quite looking forward to it, it just didn't quite live up to my memory mm. as i said i'm not saying it's bad i still think it's good but it just didn't live up to how I, good as i remembered it being it hasn't aged as well as i thought it would no i read you yeah okay what about you? Do you really like it? Um, I was a bit bored, mate. Oh, were you? God, if I thought I'm being you were going to say you love this one. If I'm being honest with you. It's a bit ploddy, isn't it? I was really bored, mate, 
throughout really bored yeah so throughout yeah. the first 15 minutes of part one i thought were pretty decent the first 15 20 minutes yeah the last half of part one pretty bored and then the first half of part two quite bored and then there was that 10 minutes where it all kicked off when the void was opening that was good and then i was bored again and, until it finished so i am it, surprised I, a, I thought just uh, being tenant yeah that's what i mean in a similar way to what you were saying i remember the last time i watched it which is a long time ago i haven't seen it in so mm. long i in my i think the memory of this was a lot more um was a lot better than the actual when I actually watched it last night. Yeah, yeah. So when I watched it last night, I felt, and I think this leads back to a couple of things that I, I, I think you share the same opinion on it as me, that this whole thing around the companion falling in love with the Doctor and this whole relationship thing, I don't know, it just feels a bit like, I can't put my finger on it. Like, I don't hate it. It's not, it's, it's never stopped me watching the show or anything like that, but... Mm. I don't know, just the Rose is so like, oh man, like even before the, the, the final scenes, uh, you know, when she's when you're on the beach, like you said, it's very emotional and stuff. And yeah. I do agree with you on that part as well. The, the performances are, are very good. It does, it does make you well up a little bit. It's very good. But even before that, Rose just done my bloody head in with this one. Like the, the opening scenes, mate, when she's narrating over the top, even that bit, you just think, oh God, this is going to be a happy one. Like the, yeah. just the way she's talking, like, I'm Rose Tyler. I haven't done this, anything for 19 years. Yeah, this is how I died. And you think, oh, this is going to be a good watch, isn't it? And then throughout <laughs> the whole story, she's just got this... Um. Like this annoying thing, like when she's around her mum and the doctor and when Mick is there as well and some other people, she just doesn't want anyone else near him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? She just wants to yeah. have him all to herself. And it, this whole kind of, I know it's soppy at the end and it's, I love you. And then he disappears and it's all nice and soppy and stuff. But throughout the rest of those two parts, she's all very clingy. And even when she, the doctor says, like, if you do this, you're never going to see your mum again. And she doesn't even, she's like, I made my choice. Yeah. She's basically, she's saying, well, yeah, I know. And you just think, hold on a minute. Come on. Like, you're not going to see your mum again because you want to travel with this dude. Like the love aspect of it, the you know Cupid's arrow. Is it? I can't get my head into it, mate, and it kind of spoils it for me. Like mm. I wish this was a Doctor Donna episode. I wish Donna was the companion in this one because, in the end of time, part one and two, like Donna's just like, is it Donna or Martha? I can't remember. Uh, it is Donna, not, isn't it? End of time. Oh is no, it? the Doctor's on his own. Yeah, he's on his own. He's on his own, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, uh, Journey's End, Soul on Earth and Journey's End. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. with the Doctor, sorry. Um, like those two, like that finale is really good in my opinion because, mm. but f like Rose being the way she is in this one, it really spoils it for me because you get you get these scenes where stuff starts to ramp up and you think, oh, cool. Like the reveal of the Cybermen and these really funny scenes like when they've got, 
you can tell that the show's absolutely run out of money. So they're just in a park in Cardiff somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the doctors parked the TARDIS there and there's a playground in the background. And they haven't even done anything like the grass is unkept. It's not... And they put these really cheap, tacky-looking plastic cone things out. It does look cheap. The whole thing is, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I suppose maybe I should have, you know, at the time, like I just said, I was surprised to read just now that it was 2006. I forget it's that long ago. But I'm sure there are episodes before this that don't look as... It does feel a little bit like, oh, it's the end of season, but we haven't... We've spent too much on the previous special, so we've run out of money. It does feel a little bit cheap. Yeah, everything looks cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the props, um, the sets look so basic, it's unbelievable. The CGI looks ropey as hell um, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. I know. it is It is 2006, so I've got to allow a little bit, obviously. But, yeah, it does. It just feels a little bit... And, and the editing as well, mate, I've... I've got to say, because Graham Harper's such a he's a good director, but I don't know if he really hit his stride in this story, to be honest. But it, I do think it could be down to the editing, because um, there was a couple of bits that just they they were. I'm trying to think of a way to explain this. So there's a scene where Mickey is having a shootout where the Daleks burst in the room, and he gets knocked back, and his hand goes on the uh, Genesis arc and opens it. But it's really badly edited. So I had to go back and I thought, why did Mickey just put his hand on there? And what, because they've inserted a shot in between him being knocked, it cuts to the doctor at the door and then it cuts back to Mickey falling on it. I'm thinking that you shouldn't have had that. That shouldn't have been in the middle because that completely broke the flow of him being knocked back. So it wasn't clear that he was knocked onto it. It looks like he walks up to it and puts his hand on it. So the editing in this episode, there was a couple of bits I noticed like that. Not that I'm trying to be like, I'm Mr. Technical, but as a casual viewer, I just noticed things like that, where I had to go back and rewind to see what had happened. I thought, you don't normally get that in an episode of sort of the newer Who, if you like. It's normally pretty slick editing, production values are good. This one just felt like it wasn't really hitting all the strides that it normally does. Mm-hmm. in terms of production and editing and direction to me. It, it felt a little bit um, basic, a little bit... I'm not going to say amateurish, because that's not quite what I mean, but you, do you get you know what I'm I know exactly trying to get at? Yeah, there yeah. were scenes like that, and I made a note of a few of them where, yeah, the, the, the editing just wasn't sharp. It wasn't how it should be, in my opinion, to make the sto- story flow, scenes like that. Um, but yeah, but also I, I, the big stompy Cybermen as well. They, I think <laughs> at the time... I've never liked that design. I've never liked the stomping. I think it's ridiculous. But it really bugged me watching this again on the rewatch. Like they're pounding down the streets and they look ridiculous. And the Daleks are taking them out left, right, and center. And I, and I really don't like the cyber voice. I hate the new series cyber voice. I think it's awful. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know what they're going for. Um, but it's just, I think I prefer 10th Planet. Yeah, well, is it? I mean, that's weird, but it kind of works. But this this droney <laughs> voice that they've gone with in the new series, I I really don't like new series Cybermen. Yeah. Uh, I think I think they're rubbish in this. Do really know, do. Yeah. Do you know what, mate? This um, it's also a bit of a shame the Cybermen in this story because when you think about the the a, a, a story where you do have the Daleks and the Cybermen together, you've got the potential there to have a really good big yes. epic battle sort of thing. 
That's kind of how I remembered it as well, and it's not at it's all. It's not, is it? no. So if you remember, I think the Daleks have definitely got the upper hand in this one, and it quite, it it makes the Cybermen feel like just secondary, you know, just secondary sort of aliens of the week kind of status with it because in some scenes you feel like yeah they've got their act together because they're the things that so basically the i think the idea behind it is the they followed the dalek signal through the void with that sphere and that's mm. how they've ended up there but they've got the upper hand because they've they're able with torchwood doing that whole you know power surge thing and like giving them extra juice they're able to come through the void initially at ghosts as ghosts at first but then they're they're there and they start the process immediately of upgrading people don't they quote unquote yeah so you think they've got their act together and they're they're doing their thing but then later on in the cliffhanger when the daleks turn up you think oh crap the daleks are here but you know it's going to be a big face off in episode two but then in episode two doomsday you have these you have a couple of scenes where the daleks are just wiping the floor with them like all you you just see the side men like delete delete yeah delete oh. and they're just getting their asses kicked and then that's it you don't see them again and then it comes down to a big Dalek finale with the whole Genesis arc and like millions of Daleks coming out that that was kind of cool the whole Time Lord technology thing yeah I that love cool. that I think the Daleks come off better in this I mean they that's do. the thing you get you get the side men in part one you think it's going to be an awesome cyber invasion and then part two they're just so secondary but i do that's the thing on the other side of that i do like all the dalek stuff i love i love this idea of the cult scaro where the daleks have given each other names and they're trying to be like they're this little outside sort of group of daleks you know i think that's a great great concept and the daleks work better for me in the story than the cybermen um which is weird considering how the story starts but yeah those guys flying through the streets of london although the cgi looks rubbish it's a great mm-hmm. idea you know you, get, you feel like it's a proper invasion sort of thing but, yeah and they had a, um, they had a much better entrance into the story they had a much better entrance and a much better exit as well yeah so the whole build-up of that sphere and the doctor even looks at it and he's like well actually when you think about it how did anybody not know especially the doctor that that was a dalek sphere because it looks exactly the same as the balls that are on the side of the dalek casings yeah. Just a larger version, same color, same style, but um, it's a, it certainly wasn't a shock to me as a viewer, not not now, and and not even at the time. I mean, it, I remember seeing it coming a mile off mm-hmm. um, back when it first aired. And I think there had been a rumor, so that's probably it was probably in the back of my mind anyway. I think it had been rumored that the Daleks Cybermen were going to have a big showdown in the final, but uh, yeah, when it was like. There's been nothing to do with us. The type, you know, delude. Um, and the Daleks do their big reveal at the end. I remember right back in 2006 when I first watched this going out, thinking, "Well, obviously it's the blimmin' Daleks." I mean, God, you know, it's not exactly a big reveal, if you know. But this is, you know, Tennant sells it because he does that great. What do you mean? It's nothing to do with you. You know, he he's really worried about it, so he does bring some tension to that sort of cliffhanger. If you like, it's a good cliffhanger. Even it though it's, yeah. it's even though I'm like, well, of course it's the Daleks, obviously. Um, there's still a good bit of tension there, thanks to the, you know, Tenon and, and the build-up to it. So it still works as a good cliffhanger, but yeah, it wasn't a big surprise, was it? Not really. They, no. I think they do, they do try and sell it in right up until the end, though, because you have Mickey who's found his big gun, and yeah, it's a big gun, and he's and he's like, uh, he he's convinced that there's a Cyberman or other Cybermen in there. 
because right up to the end, he's like, I know what's coming and I've, you know, I'm going to deal with it. So he thinks, and then when the Daleks come out, he's just as shocked as, as the potential viewer uh, and, and the rest of the people there. So they do try and sell it in that it's still something to do with the Cybermen, I guess, because he thinks he's going to take out the Cybermen. But yeah, the Dalek well, reveal is good. It is good. Yeah, the Mickey reveal is good as well, isn't it? I like, I love the fact he just turned around and said, oh, it's Mickey. Well, that, how's he doing that? It's quite a nice reveal. And Rose is quite, you talk about Rose being a bit all needy and flirty and stuff. She's suddenly like seeing Mickey in a different light. And she, she's like, oh, she's suddenly liking him again because he's got his big gun and he's being all confident. And she starts being all over him within five bit, minutes, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, she suddenly, then on the doctor, she's back with Mickey. But, um, I'll tell you what I did, you know, I've talked a lot about stuff that I didn't like, like Sidemen and stuff, but I'll tell you what I did like about this story. And there is a lot lot more humour in it than I, than I remembered. Some of it lands, some of it doesn't. But the stuff that does land is, is the stuff with um, Jackie, Camille Kaduri. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. she's absolutely brilliant in this episode. She kind of saves it a bit for me because, as I said, there's some humour in it. I mean, some of the jokes between the Sidemen and the Daleks, I was cringed a bit, to be honest. That didn't really land for me. But the stuff with Jackie I thought was great, especially when she's with the Doctor and he introduces her as Rose <laughs> and he makes a joke about having aged overnight by 30 years or something. And, and the bit where she... making skills, yeah. Yeah, she making skills. And I absolutely loved the bit when the Doctor's so ca- get carried away in what he's doing that he takes off in the TARDIS and Rose is like, um, mum's still on board and his face. I thought scenes like that, where she's just sat up on the on the TARDIS wall and stuff. I, she was brilliant at it. I really think Jackie is so much fun in the story. Um, there's a great scene between her and Pete. Well, the other world Pete, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Where she's like, I don't care about money. How much money? And all that. She She's just brilliant in it. She brings a much-needed, nice moment to the story, I think. Her and David work brilliantly together, even, right, like you said, right from the start, when he first takes Rose home and she's all over him and he's like, oh... You know, she's like, oh, she's all hyper and driving the doctor mad within two minutes. You know, she's brilliant in it. She really is good in it. Yeah. No, I'm glad you said that because we're going to come on to that. She's um, she's really, really good. She's really good. And she's quite, um, she shows a good range as well. She has that. She does, yeah. She has that uh, usual Jackie Tyler stuff that we expect from Jackie. But there's a couple of, a couple of moments where she is very much, like she's absolutely adamant that, Rose shouldn't go off and travel with the doctor. She's just really worried for her. So you can yeah. see she's got the mum aspect of the character just nailed. She's really, really worried for, for Rose. Uh, and you can see that right through to the end, that scene on the beach at the end. She goes running over to her and they have a hug and stuff. So even though she's kind of found her happy ending, I suppose, she's got back together with other world Pete and they've got a baby on the way and everything's good. She still knows what Rose is going through and all that stuff. So... Um, but yeah, those funny scenes. It was really funny when the Doctor and uh, Rose are just having a crack in the TARDIS. <laughs> Rose is like, my mum's still on board. You don't even see her. And then up there, she's just perched up there. Um, sort of hides, she's got stowaway uh, on the TARDIS. So she's very cool. And I'm glad you brought her up because uh, I completely agree, mate. She does save it to a degree. She does bring a, a sense of of realism and humour to a lot of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like the bit. I, I like also what you mentioned—the fact that she's at the start, she's just standing back, watching Rose and seeing how she's changed, 
and that concern in her face. So uh, Camille Kaduri is great at the humour. She's brilliant, but she you're also, you're right. She also is very good at the emotional scenes when she's and it. That's what I mean about her acting. She's not really saying or doing anything. She's just standing back and looking, and it's all done in the expression that she's concerned about Rose. She can see that Rose has become very confident, very cocky. She's pressing buttons on the TARDIS, and the Doctor's putting her right there in the middle of all the danger, and, and she's just not happy about it. But she's just standing back and doing it all of her face. So I thought, yeah, that's you know, it's really good, really good stuff. So I love it then that actually Jackie then ends up inadvertently being put in Rose's place, albeit, you know, Doctor kind of just grabs her out the TARDIS, doesn't he? And <laughs> she ends up being right there next to the Doctor, right in the midst of all this stuff going on. And I, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the other things I like as well is, and this is very much a Russell thing, this is very much what Russell's good at doing, uh, is that he pulls in so many strands <laughs> from the series too and brings them all together in this series. So we've got like, Alternative Universe, Pete. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Obviously, Mickey. Um, what's the other guy's oh, the name? Little, uh, not little, sorry. Uh, the young Geordie lad. Uh, uh, Jake, Jake, is it? Jake, oh. I think, yeah. yeah. Is it Jake? Andrew Hayden Smith. Yeah, Jake, yeah. Yep. So, you know, and, and all of that stuff. And there's, there's other references to previous stories from this series. And it's just lovely how Russell has this knack of sort of almost feels effortlessly bringing these little strands together that you wouldn't have even noticed, but there they are. It all just comes together in this final. So for that, again, I thought, you know, it was a, was a good thing in terms of this as a, as a finale, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. He he does that very well. Um, And it's also interesting how Torchwood, how he's integrated Torchwood into this, because I think um, when I did a, a wee bit of research on this, I think originally it was meant to be, meant to be based in Cardiff around the whole thing around the rift. But then because Torchwood had been commissioned as the go-ahead the year before, I think he decided to move it away from that and then just have Torchwood, the the series of Torchwood, be um, all about the rift and Cardiff and stuff. So it's interesting how he's had to shift that because that would explain... Well, it would be easier to explain why Torchwood was there in the first place, uh, because that's where Torchwood sets up its hub, isn't it, and its home and everything, essentially, yeah. you know, by the rift. So it, it's interesting, and also how Torchwood is perceived pre-Captain Jack, because mm. it's kind of a strange thing, isn't there? So when... Um, What's her face? Yvonne. I think it's Yvonne, isn't it, that's running Torchwood at the time? Yeah, Tracy Ann Uberman. Uberman, yeah. She's um, she's very much like, oh, wow, it's the Doctor. It's the TARDIS. Mm. And they're all excited when they see it on the CCTV that the TARDIS is there and when he finally turns up. But then it's weird, isn't it, because the Doctor's still on like the wanted list, I guess you could call it. Like Torchwood have still still view him as the enemy, I suppose. Um which I guess leads back to the whole Tooth and Claw episode with Queen yes, Victoria. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And she sets up the Torchwood Institute and banishes the Doctor and, you know, all that stuff. So he's on the wanted list, I think you call it. But then she doesn't really do anything about that. And so it, it's weird how, not weird, but it's good how Torchwood is integrated into this, but doesn't doesn't cause any continuity problems between what happens in the Torchwood series with Captain Jack because in that 
era of Torchwood, the Doctor is very much not on the wanted list. You know, Captain Jack very much loves seeing the Doctor and, and all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting how they've how they brought Torchwood into it. It is, isn't it? I mean, I, I couldn't remember the sort of timeline. So you hear the Torchwood theme kicks in very early in this episode. And I thought, oh, Torchwood. Um, but Torchwood, so this went out in July 2006. When did the first episode of Torchwood go out? Because I think it was, after, it was after this, wasn't it? So Torchwood is still kind of this sort of slight enigma at this point. Well, I don't think we've had... I don't think Torchwood, the series itself, has actually aired yet, has no, it? No, so the first episode of Torchwood went out in October of 2006. Uh, yeah, so I, I knew it was close. I guess I knew it came out around this time, but I wasn't sure. So yeah, at this point, Torchwood's still a bit of an enigma, and I like that. And like you said, it totally... It's nice to see a different uh, side of Torchwood, if you like, another mm. another sort of um, side of it. But uh, yeah, and it's good that they hark it back to all that stuff with Queen Victoria, so the Doctor's untrusted and all that. That, again, is a nice sort of thread that Russell ties in. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to think that um, Torchwood came out just a few months after this. Yeah. Obviously, in a very different form, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I never... And didn't know this before, but Torchwood is an anagram of Doctor Who. Yes, indeed. Yeah, How did I not know that before? I knew that, but I'd completely forgotten it until you just reminded me. Wowzers. Yes, it is. Yeah. Anagram of Doctor Who. Um, we also get to see Martha, but it's not Martha. It's, uh, it's not Martha, is it? Hmm. No, it's um, Freema, obviously playing a different part uh, before she got the role of Martha. She's playing which is weird, actually. Because, yeah. Yeah. So she'll... So we get one special after this, Runaway Bride with Donna. Then we get a series with Martha. So I wonder when she was actually cast as Martha. Uh, yeah, I did have something on this. <laughs> you got something on her. Yeah, I was so, going to say, it's not the first time this has happened, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so she's definitely not playing Martha, obviously. This is no, pre-Martha. Yeah. Yeah. So Russell did say previously, I think it might have either been in an interview or in the, the writer's tale book, says that, um, in his mind, he would have liked to have gone back and rewritten part of the episode with her character um, so that she could have been called Martha and she would have survived. And oh, then right. that would have led on to her then being the companion later on. So I think, not sure why he didn't do that in the first... Well, we know why, because the, the whole concept of freema playing a companion was never on the horizon i suppose at that point but i think when you know years later i think when he reflects back i think he said he would have liked to have gone back and and made to that character martha and that she wasn't killed because it's a quite a gruesome thing isn't it remember when yvonne pulls the earpiece out oh it's horrible <laughs> and you've got that big cable thing that's gone into her brain stuff yeah so it's not a very nice ending for Adiola played by Freema but yeah interesting it's always interesting that when you see future more important characters play play supporting roles uh, previously in the show it's there's a big um I can't remember the last time I saw it I think it was a blog post or a or a thread on a on a um on a forum somewhere but there is a big old conspiracy theory isn't there about characters that have appeared in Doctor Who before and there's actually a it is a conspiracy theory for sure, but apparently there's a there's a reason and a purpose behind it. Oh right! Okay. I don't buy into it myself, 
But yeah, the, I'll have to find a link for it somewhere. Or if you just Google it, just do something like um, actors in who previous characters conspiracy theories, something like that. And you'll find a couple of blog posts on it. But apparently there is a reason for it. And there's a link somewhere. Those those characters, even though they're not the same character, there's a, a tenuous link, supposedly. But anyway, yeah, Freema, she's... um. Yeah, you would. You would never. They do reference it, don't they? Don't they reference it somewhere in the? I think Russell does write it in somewhere. Freeman mentions. uh, Sorry. Um. Uh. Well, it is Freeman. What's the character name? Martha mentions. Oh, my cousin used to work at Torchwood or something. They do sort of throw a a line in somewhere. I'm sure I remember it. But I know you mean nothing to do with the conspiracy theory. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. To explain it because it's happened a few times, isn't it? I mean, Colin Baker obviously is Mm -hmm. is. uh, Max Hill, isn't it? The guard. He's obviously then the doctor later on, uh, the next doctor. You've got Peter Capaldi appears in uh, Fires of Pompeii and then turns up as the. And I, I didn't. I didn't think that needed explaining. Actually, the moth kind of went out of his way to to explain the the face being the same, didn't he? Um, I I think he kind of worried too much about that. <laughs> I don't know about you. I was like, so, oh no, but he's already been in it. How am I gonna? Oh, I must write a you know a ten page scene explaining why his face is so. I don't think we cared enough. But like we didn't worry about it with Colin enough, so we don't need it. But anyway, he did it. Um, who's the other one? Uh, Karen Gillan. She's in Fires of Pompeii, yeah. as well, isn't she? Yeah. Although she's under a lot of prosthetics, so you probably wouldn't recognise her. I don't know. So yeah, it's happened quite a lot over the years, but mm. it, it doesn't doesn't bother me. I don't I don't sit there and think, well, hang on, you know, he was <laughs> he on. was Frobisher in torture, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, just lastly on Freema, it's interesting, isn't it? The the performance that she gives as this character, you would never have thought like she's companion material. And no disrespect to um to her performance, no, really. You Do you know what yeah. I mean? You'd never have thought like, wow, she's going to be she'd make a great companion in a bit like uh you know in the episode blink with um i was just thinking that Watson, sally sparrow sally yeah. sparrow yeah you when you watch her performance you think wow she'd be a great yes like a future companion she'd be great but martha's performance i know she's not written to be especially you know outgoing and adventurous in this episode but still it's really odd isn't it that she managed to obviously have a really good audition for martha later on in her career but you just never would have thought it would you no, no, not at all. There's nothing stand out about her performance in this whatsoever. Um, so I don't know. She must have really shown something. Good. I mean, I actually really like Martha as well. I'm so glad that she went on to be a companion because I, I yeah, think agreed. she was great. A lot of people don't. I always think she's a companion that gets quite overlooked. Uh, people tend to give Martha a bit of a hard time and they really don't like the fact that she was another one that was so in love with the Doctor and a lot of people got fed up with that. Um in a way, I, I must admit, hey, got fed up, fed, yeah. fed up with it. Um, but yeah, I, it is interesting to see her in it anyway. I'll tell you who else gets another gruesome death. Talking to gruesome death, oh, poor yeah. old Raj, Raj, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Raj. Um, he gets suckered to death, doesn't he, by those three Daleks? Neil, Neil, who is the most rubbish <laughs> person in the room? Neil, <laughs> yeah, I did not, wasn't a fan of the CG for that bit, mate. No, With the CG in this big, is ropey. Like the Dalek things that oh. get all like elongated and squished out and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, gruesome death, man. They didn't mess around, did they? Straight away, he's off. He's done. And actually, he was uh, so Raj James, Raji James, uh, the actor who plays Raj in this. He he was quite a good little character actually because he's 
you know, he's not a bad person or anything. He's just doing his job, isn't he, really? But yeah. he t- tries to take control a bit. But so, yeah, he, he meets a bit of a, a gruesome ending. He does, yeah. He's not bad as well. He's a bit of a soap actor, Raji James, but he's not too bad in this. He's, um, yeah. He's he should right. survive he, longer. He fits the part. Yeah. Um, I know you said Rose is a bit annoying in this. I think she is a bit annoying, but there is a couple of good scenes when she's with the Daleks. When she's talking about, I swallowed the whole time. <laughs> she gets a bit cocky, and the Dalek, you know, she goes right up to Dalek and stuff. I thought those bits, she was, she was pretty good. Yeah, yeah not too bad, mate. Yeah, she yeah. was okay. Yeah. And then obviously Tennant waltzes in and does <laughs> his thing. He, I mean, let's talk about Tennant for a sec, because he is great in this. Um, as I said, it's one of those stories when, I, I'm going to be honest and agree with you, there were times when I was bored. Uh, it wasn't really flowing as a season finale, as you know, as I think it should have really for me on a second watch anyway. Um, so yeah, I was bored at times, but uh, Tennant was great. Whenever he was on screen, I was straight back into the story. He really, I wouldn't say he was carrying it by any means. Cause the, I do think the cast are very good in this. I will say that. I don't think there's anybody that stands out as sort of letting the side down. I, Tracy Ann Uberman, for example, who we mentioned earlier, I think she's very good. I think she's got a, a, a nice line between being sort of a little bit comedic, where she's like, Doctor, she's sort of welcoming him as if he's a guest star, and then she turns on him. And I think she's pretty good in it. And she gets a nice scene when the she's cyber, she's turned into Cyberman, but she, you know, she still got a little bit less. And she's like, I did it for my did my I'm duty sure, for Korean did my country. duty. I say, you see yeah. the little oil tear. So she's good in it. But yeah, tenants, um, tenants firing on all, all cylinders in this, isn't he? It's his first proper series of the Doctor, his first finale. I can imagine as a Doctor Who fan himself, he was probably absolutely loving being surrounded by Daleks and Cybermen in the same story. I would imagine he was loving this. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's great in it, brilliant in the funny moments, a um, little bit shouty, but he doesn't go too far like he sometimes can. You know, the scenes when he's cracking the glass with the Sonic and he feels sort of, yeah, he feels like he's, although he's in the background of the story quite a lot, he feels like he's, you know, he's there and he's going to save the day and, yeah, you know, no, very great. much the doctor, you know, and all the stuff with Rose as well. I, I do like it when he kind of tenants doctors quite often described as being too human. And I, I think a lot of that comes back to this whole lovey relationship with Rose, which I think they took too far, but uh, we've already discussed that. But then there are scenes where I think he does act quite alien. So when she tells him to his face, I'm not going anywhere. Instead of being like, oh, oh, great, all right, then help me with this, he he actually goes the opposite mm-hmm. and shows the alien side. Does he? He's like, well go, well, go over there and get that switch. He's actually quite sort of short with her, you know, as if he's quite cross that she's staying. But really, it's him trying to hide his emotions. So, mm-hmm. Tennant's great at delivering that sort of. I think he does have that sort of alien doctor side that um, people often accuse him of not having, if you like. Yeah, bit, so bit, he's great um, in this, isn't he? He is great, mate. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes he does. Uh, it's a bit like Davison's Doctor. I think he was. He came mm. under criticism for being a bit too human and not alien enough, not too quirky. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think that. I think it just depends on. I, I really do think it depends on the on the companion, you know, because uh, if they if they steer clear of the whole relationship and love thing, I think he does go back to feeling like him and Donna. He doesn't. Oh, he, yeah, he often feels very alien in that. Yeah, and sometimes it's a smack in the face as well. Like Donna, there's a funny scene when she's about to go in the TARDIS, isn't there? 
He's like, I just want a mate. You want a mate? You're not mating with me, Spaceman. Spaceman, yeah. So the, yeah. sometimes they visually tell you, you know, give you the cues, like she's human, he's alien. But this earlier stuff with Rose and with Martha to a degree, it does make him feel more human because of the whole, I love you. And yeah. and then he almost, that scene at the end on the beach, he almost reciprocates, doesn't he? But the supernova yeah. ran out, ran out of battery power. He was about to say, wasn't it? I love you too. I don't think he should. See, that's why I don't think he should, because I think back to stories where Sarah Jane left and the Doctor would have been much more attached to Sarah Jane, I would think, um, than Rose, perhaps. I don't know. But the way that, you know, the way that the fourth Doctor handled that, he doesn't show any real emotion until she's gone. And he's like, I suppose, you know, you can see it, that he's physically distraught, but there's no love. It's a, it's a, you know, it's not a sort of, it's a different kind of love, isn't it? It's a family yeah, love yeah. rather than a sort of, you know, fancying someone sort mm-hmm. of love, you know? So I don't know. I don't think, I don't think the goodbye between those two is, as I said, performance wise, brilliant, but I don't particularly like the dialogue. I think it could mm-hmm. have been done better. I, to me, the sort of perfect doctor companion relationship is like the third doctor and Joe Grant. He was, you could tell how much the third doctor loved Joe but as a sort of father figure, as a sort of taking care of her and adoring her, it's a totally different thing. And I yeah. much prefer that sort of doctor companion relationship where you know how much the doctor cares and loves them, but it's not a, you know, physical sort of thing. Yeah. No, Regia. Which is where they went. They went a little bit too far with Rose with that, I think. I think so. Yeah. 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 Interesting that also the, the doctor rocking the 3D glasses in this. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because I don't know if it works. (laughs) Well, he only ever wears them in this one story, but yet it's become a synonymous thing that Mm. in loads of merchandise and figures and everything, the 3D specs feature a lot for his doctor whenever he's on a t shirt, you know, or something like that. But it's so strange that he only ever rocked them in this one episode or this one story. And then that's it. Forevermore, it's like. Let's have the 3D specs as an accessory for, for the 10th Doctor. It's very odd. It is odd. I mean, it's weird because I remember at the time thinking, because he doesn't explain it for so long and no one questions it. And I kept <laughs> thinking, what is with the 3D glasses? And I, I do like the scene when he turns around and actually says, is no one going to ask? Because like, it's the viewer. You're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, good last, yeah. <laughs> so it is quite fun. Um, yeah, I guess it works, actually. It is, it is kind of fun. It was yeah. cool, actually, that whole idea of the um, sort of time travel energy. Yeah. Um, void energy, I think they called it. Again, the effect is very ropey <laughs> when you actually look th- through the 3D specs as a viewer and yeah. you see all like the little green globules and everything moving around. It's very ropey how <laughs> they've done it, but the idea is very cool. The, um, the only bit that really looks good in this episode in terms of production to me is, is the stuff on Bad Wolf Bay, the stuff on the beach. It's beautifully lit and mm-hmm. filmed and it, it's you know, there's no effects needed. It just is what it is. I mean, they they probably have put some sort of filter on it to enhance it, but it that part of the story looks great. You know, and and also right from the bit when the doomsday bit of music kicks in, that whole scene, you know, of them Rose waking up, and that's quite sort of cinematic and beautifully shot. And then they go to the beach. That bit's great, but up until that point, this episode's a bit, yeah, a bit ropey really in places. Yeah, it is, mate. And do you know what I think it is? I think there's no dynamic range to the 
the look and feel throughout both parts. If you think about it, the majority of it takes place during the day. It's hardly any night shots. And every scene where they're in... So during the day outside, there's no beautiful blue skies or anything. It's just grey overcast. Yeah. And then when yeah. they're indoors, everything is just... It's almost like classic Who. Everything is lit. Everything is lit with lights. So it's like full-on you know, lighting in every room they're in pretty much. So it all feels like really similar. Like the outside shots are kind of light and grey. The inside shots are light and, you know, there's no... Um, there's no dynamicness. There's no big nighttime shots. There's nothing in space. There's nothing. It's all just grey, white, white, <laughs> white, white and grey, white and grey yeah. throughout the majority of it. Which is a shame, really, because yeah, if you think about some episodes, where, which are the opposite to that, like the Doctor dances and stuff like that, where it's most of it's at night, it still has a nice dynamic range to it, and it doesn't feel so monotone yeah i know exactly what yeah. you mean. maybe that's why it's a bit boring at times as well because it's just not visually very pleasing to watch in places i mean as somebody who knows about this sort of stuff what have they done to the tardis like it's if you compare how it's lit in the eccleston era and how sort of ethernal is that the right word it's Ethereum. so organic yeah and you look how awful it looks in this episode it's sort of it's as if they put some filter on it to enhance the orange and and Rose's top is almost jumping off the screen because it looks almost luminous. What have they done? They've like sat is it saturated or is that yeah. the opposite? It, yeah, they've oversaturated the colours a it little looks bit. So horrible. It's interesting you say that, dude, because this was the final episode where they kept the lighting in the TARDIS to a to a, a bit of a minimum. Which is weird to say because some of the greens and the oranges, because what they did from series three onwards is they really pushed out the the turquoisey greens and the bright oranges. Yeah, it's like really they've ramped it up a lot. So this is the final episode where the lighting is actually a bit darker throughout most of the TARDIS. But you're right. What they've done is the 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 color fader, to put it simplistically, they pushed that up quite a bit. So but it also affects their skin tones as well. So when the Doctor's legging around the TARDIS, he's got like this bright turquoisey glow off yeah. the side of his face, but it makes the other side of his face look really pale. So the skin tones feel like pale and washed out because they've pushed the colour values in the other areas to make it look very, like sort of pop off the screen and everything like that. So overall, mate, the the whole... All of the sets throughout both episodes, in my opinion, the lighting is like pretty poor. Yeah, throughout that, that most bit of it, Tardis is almost like a Snapchat filter, isn't it? Not Snapchat, um, Instagram. It's almost like an yeah. Instagram filter yeah. that they've put on to enhance colours, but it's sort of made some bits look good and other bits look bad. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of get what you mean, but it just strikes me as like how beautiful the Tardis looks in Series One with Eccleston inside. It's so beautiful, and you. But in this, it just, yeah, it just feels garish and horrible. And it's the same set, you know what I mean? That's what I think. It's like, what have you done to the lights? It's it's garish. It is, mate. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, dear. Right, so um, <laughs> I've got nothing else on my notes, buddy, have you? Uh, I just wondered what you thought of Murray's music, because I'm normally a fan of it, and I do like the doomsday theme, but I didn't really like it 
rest of it. I don't like the cyber theme. Doo, doo, doo. It really annoys me, that, that cyber theme. So I wasn't a massive fan of Murray's music in this uh, one, I've got to be honest. Apart from the Doomsday theme, I like the Bad Wolf Bait bit. Ding, oh, ding. yeah, that's like, very cool. That's, yeah. that's nice. That is nice. And it works very well. But to me, it it was a bit, felt like he was throwing a bit too much in there, to be honest, uh, a lot of time in this. No, I agree, mate. Yeah, I do like the Doomsday theme and Bad Wolf Bay. That's very cool. Yeah. The only other bit I liked is the, the, the classic theme where the uh, it happened twice where the Daleks, the, the Cult of Scaro are coming out of the sphere. And then later on when the Genesis arc is opened and all of the Daleks are flooding out, you've got that really cool uh, Dalek theme that he had uh, already established. But other than that, it was fairly, fairly flat, really. Yeah, a bit flat. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, there is one other thing I want to ask you. What do you reckon to Donna appearing at the end? Because it is, <laughs> it is such a, after the big emotional thing with Rose... I remember the first time I watched this, I really it really took me out of what had just happened. And at the time, I didn't like it because I thought, well, hang on, you, what, you've just completely ruined that, <laughs> that emotional scene. But actually, as I've watched it again over the years, it's exactly what the story needed because you've got all that yeah. big emotional stuff going on and then this just takes you, it's like you're straight into something else. And actually, I really like it. But at the time, I was like, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, what? There's a Donna, a bride in the TARDIS, and you are, it is just, it is bizarre. It's but weird. It's, yeah. It is weird, isn't it? It's but great, it's, though. It's kind of yeah. what it needs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of us were like that early on, like when it first went out or when we've watched it years ago. When you sort of, in, and especially fans that are invested in Rose's story, like if you're very invested in her emotional state and everything. That is very jarring to have that. It's you know, very jarring, but it, floods in, of a, tears, in a good way. You yeah. know, everyone's in floods of tears, especially the fans of Rose. And all of a sudden, you've got this very comical, light-hearted moment where the I, doctor's I would, like, what? <laughs> what? Is that the first time he does all that? Yeah, yeah. Is it also the first time he says Alonzi? Because he, he makes a bit of a joke about that. He's like, oh, I really want to meet someone called Alonzo so I can say Alonzi, Alonzo, and all that. Is that the first time he starts saying all that? I think I think it is, yeah. It sounds like which it. is weird because he actually gets to say that to Alonso. Uh, yes, he does. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you Voyage in the dam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, just going back to Donna for a second, I was really worried at the time. Uh, so that scene just threw me completely the first time I ever saw that, and it was just the fact that the dialogue they'd given her was so Catherine Tate, as in the sort of comedy sketches she used to do. I, I remember thinking, what, Russell, what are you doing? Like, why, you know, I didn't think, I thought Catherine was going to be terrible. I was just like, because she was like, what the hell is this place? And she sounds a little bit like one of her characters from a sketch show. And I remember thinking like, oh dear, what have they done? Like, where are they, where are they taking this? Is this going to ruin Doctor Who? Is she going to be this stupid character that we get in the special? How's this going to work? And of course she went on to be, in my opinion, brilliant. I absolutely adore Catherine Tate in Doctor Who. She's my favourite new series companion without a doubt i i love her but yeah i just remember those first three lines just throw me completely mate and thinking what are they doing why are they making you know already she's really comedic what's going on with her yeah i'm being quite concerned it was a bit of a sort of ken dodd moment of thinking <laughs> what's he what's he going to be like he's going to be awful and yet yeah, i loved him but yeah you know. no reader it was almost like it maybe it was but it was almost like a light switch went off at that point 
it felt like the dialogue was written by somebody else. It felt like it was directed it differently. It just felt like a very different, yeah, just that 20 seconds just feels very different. And um, yeah, as I said, the whole emotional thing, if you were invested in it, you'd think like, I don't want to be laughing now. I'm, you know, I'm still crying. But years later, when we're watching it, it's like, yeah, we need this. <laughs> we really need oh, yeah. this bit at the end. Yeah. So talking of the direction, mate, I, I, I know I'm not taking anything away from Graham Harper. He's a great director, but I have to be completely honest. I'm a little bit disappointed in his direction in this. It does feel a bit flat. It does a little bit. You know, there's a couple of little shots like when the Cyberman's bursting down the door but even that looks a bit rubbish the door looks like it's made of balsa wood and it just doesn't again production values not great it but also just just generally there's a lot of standing around in this episode and it does feel very flat even scenes when the cybermen are on the streets there's no sort of panning zooming shots of look at all the Cybermen. it's just a camera set up at the end of the street with cybermen walking out it it feels a little bit static and there's not much um you know, you think back to sort of Planet Fire where Graham was trying lots of things with handheld cameras and, you know, um, I, I have to be honest, I'm a bit disappointed with his direction. I think it could have had a bit more flair for a season finale than, than it's given. Yeah, I completely agree, buddy. Yeah, I completely agree. It's um, It does feel very flat throughout a lot of it. It's very, it does. like the lighting is very static and yeah. the cameras seem quite static as well. There's not much They're, in the way of, like it doesn't pull you through even that bit where Mickey opens the Genesis arc and he's legging around and it all kicks off and they're running down the corridors and all that sort of stuff. There's none. And I think it's a combination of that and the editing, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. It, it doesn't sort of come together to create this sense of action and sense of movement. It's just very much a, like you said, let's just put the camera, plonk it there. And at the most we'll just turn it and just follow the actors as they run past or whatever. So yeah, dude, completely with you. I mean, you can you can kind of get away with it if it's a kind of more a more character-based emotional thing like the the Vincent van Gogh episode. That doesn't really have much in the way of action. That's more of a a character piece, a more an emotional character thing. So, you can get away with things being a bit more static because it's more about the connection and the conversation between the characters. Whereas this, there's loads of action going on loads of things at stake loads of stuff but it just feels like a very lockdown yeah static thing as you were saying which is a shame really because it could have been a belter of a two-parter i mean you think like... about yeah you think about daleks and simon having a big old you think this is going to be epic and it doesn't it feels doesn't feel very epic in scale uh, at times there's little moments but there's no real flair to it at all yeah I just feel like the episode when they got to this point in the series, they had blown a lot of the budget Feels on, like that, on the rest yeah. of the series before this. Because as I said right at the beginning, even those, you know, when the Doctor's setting up those little triangular triangular cone things in the park, it just looks like they've just driven past that, and someone's said, "Stop! Right, get the TARDIS <laughs> in, the, in that park because the clouds have broken. We've got a bit of daylight." And then these big plastic things, and he's plugging this cable in, and, and his backpack. Don't forget that that the weird Ghostbusters thing. Yeah, and he drops yeah. one of those things, and it just makes this kind of hollow, tinny sound. And yeah, I don't know, mate. Just the whole yeah, the whole I thing do know feels it, cheap. It does feel cheap. I, I think that's the same. That looks to me like the same playground that's in the Capaldi's Igon story. You know, oh, there's yeah, a bit where he, 
Yeah. So maybe they were like driving past it. Oh, stop. <laughs> this is a good location. We've used this before. <laughs> this is a great park. Let's get out here. Yeah. I don't know if it is the same. It just reminded me of that, that particular park. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whereabouts it is, mate. There's a bunch of different filming yeah. locations listed, but I couldn't tell you which one it was. <laughs> I love the, love the thought of the, the production team just driving around with the TARDIS in the back of the pickup. Now, where can we stop? <laughs> Let's oh, film it's, here. Uh, it's Canal Park, apparently. Canal Park. But I couldn't tell you whereabouts. In, Wales, in Wales, somewhere, Wales, I Somewhere, yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, right. Scores. Well, right. yeah, I was going to say, surprised actually, not as positive as I really thought we were going to, this was going to be one where we were like, this is a real forgotten classic mm you know finale it's not is it what you got really, i think you should go first this week i think me to go first right 6.5 yeah i'm gonna go slightly higher i'm gonna go over 7.5 okay okay yeah i really i thought this is going to be an eight at least uh before re-watching it i thought yeah you know remember sort of liking a lot of this back in the day but didn't age as well as i hoped still no. good i still like it but i wouldn't rush to watch it again anytime soon yeah, for me it's a 6.5 because Cybermen, although they looked like they were going to go to a really good thing, pretty wasted, defeated too easily, the Daleks shine more so. I'm not saying that there's a we should put the Daleks or Cybermen above one or the other in a list, an imaginary list of which is best, but it just <laughs> feels like throughout the years the Cybermen have had equal weighting in separate stories, but now they were just like, yeah, the Daleks have turned up, we don't need you anymore which is a yeah. bit of a shame. The direction's bad, lighting's bad, editing's pretty bad. It's some great performances. I think that's what makes it for me. Some, Do you know that's true? Yeah. The, the cast, I will say this, the cast mm. are great in it. Everybody is really good in this. Yeah, but, great uh, performances. Yeah. But I feel like it's just stuck in third gear for mm. a lot of it. It never quite gets to, to however many gears are on your car. Pick one, five, six, whatever. Stuck <laughs> in third gear. But anyway... 6.5 from me, 7.5 from him. Uh, we are audio reviewed out of our minds this week. We had two, four, six, eight reviews in this week. Wow. So let's crack on. This First up, this is a new reviewer, I believe. This is Simon Hodgson. Hi, guys. Uh, just a quick minute on my thoughts on the Armoury of Ghosts and Doomsday 2-parter. Um, overall, it's a good story with a few memorable scenes in both parts. I think the opening 10 minutes or so in Army of Ghosts with the news footage and the Peggy Mitchell cameo are a bit naff, but the cliffhanger at the end of the episode is, is pretty top-notch. Uh, the banter between the Daleks and the Cybermen was excellent, although maybe it's... Is it just me, or, or I've never been a fan of these Cybermen's voices um, for that particular period. Uh, there's also a great characterisation throughout for all of the main cast and returning characters, but and it's good to see Mickey and Pete back. Uh, the heart-wrenching scene at Bad Wolf Bay is still great TV to this day, and to me it's the most memorable part of the whole story. So overall, I'd give Army of Ghosts a 7 out of 10, and Doomsday an 8 out of 10. Cheers, guys. An 8 out of 10, eh? Excellent review. I do agree about the cyber voices as well. Don't like them. You don't like, No, you don't like them, mate, do you? No. No. <laughs> Delete! Yeah, yeah, it's just weird, isn't it, the whole... Delete thing. Well, I think if we watched the invasion only a couple of weeks ago, and you know they, those side men looked gorgeous, and I can't remember if they spoke, but I, I don't remember hating the voice. Yeah, yeah, pretty much spot on with your your review there, Simon. Thank you very much. And Simon actually is um 
as going through all of our podcasts and is on episode 90 at the minute. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he's enjoying um, watching the stories that we're going to review on the next episode. So uh, you've got to catch a bit of catching up to do, Simon. So I feel sorry for you, mate, for all the waffling you're going to have to put up with. But um, <laughs> uh, very cool that you're, you're going through that, mate. So thank you very much. Moving on, this is Mr. Joe Turner. This is the perfect way to end a thrilling series. There is definitely a sense of scale, especially when the Cybermen come through. It's really quite ambitious for the second series. We get exploding cars, bazookas, guns blazing and lasers. Also, there was some fantastic dialogue throughout. David Tennant really knows how to sell a scene, like putting emphasis on Cybermen as they reveal themselves. I love Tortured. It's really nice to get a different organisation to unit. And it's completely different, far more patriotic and almost cutthroat, using the alien things they find for the good of the British Empire. The score was brilliant throughout. Firstly, the Daleks is a fantastic piece of music. It really emphasises the power and magnitude of the Daleks. Also, Doomsday is so emotive. It complements the scene when Rose is crying, hitting the wall, as the Doctor and her touch it in unison really well. It's nice to get some info on the parallel world and how the People's Republic had taken over. Also, it's interesting how much more developed it is in our world. Finally, the scene on Bad Wolf Bay, I love. Both Billy and David portray such sadness, and it's just brilliant. Anyway, the CGI is a bit dodgy in places, like when the Cybermen were in a line shooting. But overall, I really enjoyed it. A slight niggle is where I think the Cybermen should have been harder opposition. The Daleks seem to defeat them very, very easily. Anyway, overall, I give this a 9 out of 10. Thank you. 9 out of 10 from Joe. That was very convenient when old Pete pops up right at the last minute and grabs Rose, wasn't it? Did you think bit. she was a goner? I mean, that was... Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Good old Pete. Good old Pete Tyler. <laughs> you can always rely on Pete. Not according to Jackie, but yeah. You can always Actually, rely I didn't mention him much, but he's a good. He's gives a good performance as well. I like um, whatever his name is, the guy who plays Pete. Oh, do you know what, mate? That's a really good point because although, um, Jackie. Although, well, although Pete, the character, is very much um, uh, Sean Dingwall. Played Pete Tyler, yeah. Yes. Um, although he's a good character and he has a good performance, do you know what? I completely forgot about him after oh, I've I watched know. it. So, sorry about Come that, on, but yeah, he's, he's very good in it as well. But yeah, so did I. He is good, bless him. Sorry, um, uh, Sean. Really good performance, mate, as always. But yeah, sorry. Uh, right, uh, yeah. Uh, a nine from Joe. Pretty high score. Moving on from Dan Under to Sammy. Hey Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, Rose Tyler pretending she died and that nothing happened for the first 19 years of her life annoys me. She's a great companion, though. I feel sad that she's separated from the Doctor involuntarily, but she still gets to live with her family and Mickey. Daleks versus Cybermen. I can just imagine kids recreating this in the playground. Daleks versus Cybermen. You are superior in only one respect. Cybermen. What is that? Dalek, you are better at dying. Boom! I love that. Von Hartman goes from corporate cow who puts everyone in danger to, oh no, she got converted. That's really sad. It's quite a journey. Nice to see Jackie, Pete, Jake and Mickey. Mickey, of course, being a far better and more developed character than Ryan. Are you listening, Chibnall? 10 is up to his usual standard. I give it 10 Genesis arcs out of 10. See ya. A full full on 10 from Sammy. Dalek Sammy. Yeah, Dalek Sammy. That's cool. Yeah, it would have been really cool when we were a lot younger if this was a thing at school. Cybermen versus Daleks, yeah. Um, Yeah, Sammy with a 10 out of 10. Crikey. Wow, wasn't expecting that. She wasn't a fan last week. No. 
So yeah, it's catching us out. Scores uh, scores up there this week. Thank you very much, Sammy. Moving on, Tardis Net sixty six. So Rise of Simon in the Age of Steel. To be honest, I find this one kind of overrated. I don't dislike it, but it's not a story I'm particularly mad about either. I think it's mainly due to the fact that I don't particularly like this version of the Scythemen. I find them kind of embarrassing and useless. I think it's rather a missed opportunity as their battle against the Daleks, I think, is rather underwhelming as they're defeated so easily, even if I do enjoy the witty dialogue between the two. And because I didn't enjoy the Rise of Cybermen and Age of Steel two-parter, a lot of the characters they bring across from that story I also don't like. I think the Daleks are really good though, and I really like Cult of Scaro, and I think Rose's goodbye is the best departure scene for any companion. I really like the end scene between David Tennant and Billy Piper, as it's clear these two characters mean so much to each other, but they don't really know how to express it, and I think that's a really well done scene with some great emotional drama. You are correct, mate. It's very emotional, mm. that last uh, that last scene. And our thoughts aside on whether the whole companion having feelings that way for the Doctor uh, is a thing, it's very, like David Tennant and Billy Piper did that really well. I think it it a, still gets me. It's, I was going to yeah. say, even though the dialogue annoys me, it's um, because their performance is so good, it still makes me uh, get emotional. Yeah. yeah, and on the behind the scenes, I think it was a Doctor Who Confidential, I think, back back in the day. The behind the scenes when they filmed that, I think David Tennant and Billy Piper just hugged for like for, forever, it felt like, mm. in tears with each other. So they obviously were in the zone and and, and doing it really well, you can tell. Yeah. In my mind, I always think that Rose travels, I always think that they do a, had a couple of series together. Uh, and then I forget that they only did one um, because obviously she, the other series was Chris. But maybe it's because Rose keeps coming back. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the a, thing, yeah. That is the yeah. thing, isn't it? That's something else Doctor Who does, which is quite annoying. You get a great exit, and then they go and ruin it by keep bringing them back. Surprise! But I'm here! Yeah. I've got new teeth. Yeah. And also, when she comes back for Stolen Earth, it's all about Rose again, isn't it? She's yeah. getting the ump, you know, with the when they're doing the group Zoom call, the equivalent, I guess, back then. <laughs> yeah. She's like, hold on, who are you? Hello. Oh. She gets the ump again. So we go back full circle. So any, it, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's a good exit, emotional, but then a season and a bit later, she's like, hello, I'm back. <laughs> so anyway, thank you very much, Charlie's Net 66. Moving on, this is, I think this might be a first timer as well. I could be wrong. Apologies if, if you have sent him before, before, but this is Neil Cam. Army of Ghosts and Doomsday is a decent finale. However, what I'll say is by the end of series two, I've had enough of Rose. I think she's really irritating and condescending and her characterization actually takes away from the 10th Doctor. So I'm glad she goes at the end of it. She does get a good send off, which in my opinion, they shouldn't have revisited it in series four. David Tennant and Billy Piper both put in really good performances. However, like I said, I think because of Rose, the 10th Doctor sort of fades a bit into the background, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, the Dalek Cyberman concept is very good, albeit for me it's not the proper Cyberman and then obviously they're defeated a bit too easily. The colour scheme for Dalek Zek is really good and their reveal at the end of Army of Ghosts is super. So all in, I'm going to say it's decent and give it a 7 out of 10. I, I love that. After two series of rows, I, was, I had enough. I've had enough. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the Doctor had as well. When she said she was staying, it was like, oh. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, then, for gritty Pretended teeth, yeah. to be happy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some great points, mate. I think a lot of us are sharing the same uh, points there, Neil, around the Cybermen being defeated too easily and 
the Daleks having a slightly better show. But yeah, thank you very much for your score. Seven, was it, from Neil? Seven. Seven, yes. Right, this is Lee Clow. Hi, Gary. Hi, Adam. It's Lee here. Huge apologies for not sending in an audio review for many months now. I've just been busy with uni work and life, to be honest. I've been catching up with episodes recently. Just listened to your Silence in the Library Forest of the Dead two-part review. Glad you two enjoyed it because I love that episode as well. But yeah, when I saw this post for Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, I had to send in a review because I love this episode so much. This was the golden era of Doctor Who for me. Series 1 to 4, maybe 5, was just amazing. Um, to see the Daleks and Cybermen go against each other is iconic, and I wish they did more of that with other villains. David's on point, and the end scene. As a 5-year-old at the time, it broke me, and now as a 20-year-old, it still breaks me. So iconic. Um, I would give this a 9 out of 10. So yeah, apologies for not sending in review. Hopefully over Christmas I'll get to send in more. Cheers, guys. See you next week. Nine out of ten. Yeah, we understand, mate. Life just always gets in the way. We know what we know exactly what it's like. Exactly. Don't mate. worry about it. Yeah, no apologies needed, Lee. Uh, and a nine out of ten, dude. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, like you. Yep, it does get you every time, regardless of the dialogue. The the performance on that last bit is uh, it does get you. Yep. Definitely. Cheers, Lee. Moving on. This is a chap we haven't heard from a while as well. Alex Kingdom. Hello, oh. Garen Adam of the Big Blue Box podcast. How are you guys doing? Hopefully you haven't forgotten about me. Uh, sorry it's been a while. Happy December. Hope you, hopefully you guys are gearing up for Christmas. Um, yeah, so Army and Ghost and Doomsday uh, is an interesting story and one that I actually don't enjoy too much. Um, I think all the elements are there for a great finale. I think it's... It's definitely high stakes, but I don't care for them. I'm not a massive fan of the Rose Tyler Series 2 character. Uh, so her leaving the show, I thought it was the right time and uh, at that point and things. So it's a bit tricky for sure um, for me in that scenario. I love the Daleks versus Cybermen, but the fact that the Cybermen just kind of don't have any offense really is a bit is a bit sad and considering considering army ghost is literally about them um it, it, i feel like they get sucked under the rug the best part about this is you know i think the the army of ghosts is definitely the stronger of the two um uh yeah jackie's great i love the jackie stuff in in army of ghosts especially um so i'll give it like a 6.5 out of 10 i think i'm being really harsh actually seven might be more accurate but uh, it's just not a finale that i go back to too much but uh yeah hope you guys are all right and uh yeah stay safe out there and i'll see you guys soon hopefully alex Cheers, is alex. back he's back okay no apology needed buddy yeah uh, we get that life uh has all that stuff going on uh so yeah i was yeah i was with 6.5 as well considering a seven but I had my harsh hat on this week, uh, but it totally get you. Yeah. And again, just similar threads from the other reviews as well. So thank you very much, Alex. Hope you're doing well. And lastly, this is Mr. Martin Arnold. This is the story of how I died and then came back two years later. Um, I think this is a pretty good story. I wasn't expecting the Daleks, although on reflection is a fairly obvious plot twist. Uh, Mickey comes back with a big ass gun, um, torture the plane with ghosts because you do i mean it's a bit of a weird setup it's like suddenly all this people are seeing ghosts um but they're secretly cybermen o okay that's weird 
Um, plus that woman that works in Torchwood, she don't have to look like Martha Jones. That's weird, isn't it? That's very strange. Unless she have a twin sister or a cousin or something. Um, yeah, Mrs. Torchwood's demise, I thought, was, you know, was earned. The ending is is poignant. And if I have one, you know, further criticism, I think the the story is is reliant too heavily on the fact that uh, Billy Piper was leaving and we kind of knew that. And so it, it's a little bit of a crutch, you know. They, they do draw it out a bit too much, I feel, you know. And poor old Ten gets left crying in the rain again because that seems to be his lot in life. I give this an 8 out of 10. It moves well. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, good stuff. Cheers, take care. See you in space and time. Thank you very much, Martin. Very nice. I love that. David Sentence left crying in the rain again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does do a bit of crying in the rain, doesn't he? He does. I'll turn it. Yeah, thank you very Sorry much, Martin. Yeah. That's our audio reviews. Thank you so much, guys, for taking Great. the time to do those. I'm going to rattle through some of these on the socials. Over on Twitter, our writer, Jordan Shortman, says, It's an interesting one. At the time, I was quite sad that Rose had left. as She was my first companion, but nowadays I can't wait for her to go. Uh, I've never been a huge a huge fan of her character. I think Jackie was the much better character. Um, he says the Daleks and Sidemen squaring off uh, is equally as funny as it must have been scary for the Doctor and the scene where Yvonne and Jackie are taken to be upgraded and are stuck with me as one of whose scariest moments. Yes, it is quite gruesome, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chippy T says, what I find fascinating about this is how RTD ties together all the strands he's been weaving for months. If any listeners haven't read The Writer's Tale, check it out. One gripe, Cybermen too easily beaten by the Daleks. Yeah. Uh, an 8.5. Uh, Tom, Titan Sci-Fi says, great finale with Cybermen and Daleks doing uh, a bit of pest control. The parting of Rose was emotional with that wall scene. Nine out of ten. <laughs> the, the wall scene. Edward Gillooly says, a decent series finale with the opening of the sphere to reveal Daleks uh, inside uh, being one of the highlights. Gives it a seven. Uh, the Lost on Gallifrey podcast says, a great finale that everybody forgets. This delivers on being a finale in every single way. The build-up in part one, uh, the plot, the arc, and the theme is whipped together in two parts and is genius, and the acting is brilliant for everyone involved. Uh, they say, uh, everything you could want from who? Ten out of ten. Wow. Wowzers, cool. Sarah wow. Louise, the running Whovian. Uh, this was a pleasant surprise as I hadn't watched it, rewatched it since it originally aired. I'd forgotten how much of a storyline. Uh, good to see Torchwood involved. It had a modern day unit feel. Lovely to see Freema too. Plenty of comedy and emotion delivered well by the TARDIS team. 8.5. Oh, geez, Sarah. Cool, Sarah, keep running. Uh, Brian Chapman, as there are no supernovas in this part of North Carolina, I'll have to tweet quickly in order to score the episode. So a nine, uh, nine out of 10 uh, and then Matt Steele says I have such strong memories of this finale as a 10 year old I lost my mind waiting a whole week <laughs> for Doomsday to air uh, I particularly love Jackie in this story from her everyday uses for alien tech to taking no nonsense from the Doctor uh, I must admit the effect of Rose's departure has lessened over time however I doubt there was a dry eye in the house on the first viewing uh, a superb two part finale and well deserved 9 out of 10 Oh, nine out of ten. Just a few over on Facebook. Uh, Jeff Waddle says, Who as a kid didn't want to see a battle between Cybermen and Daleks? Yet after a breathtaking first part, it all gets a bit predictable. And despite some fantastic dialogue between the Daleks and Cybermen, the latter are so outnumbered, they're rendered almost inconsequential. Yeah. It just becomes a Dalek invasion story. Uh, amazing at the time, but nowhere near as good on a rewatch. 
are made weaker because we know Rose returns umpteen times. Uh, it gives it a 7 out of 10. Very true. Nicely summed, summed up there, Jeff. Yes. Uh, Aaron Ball says, Part 1 was a good build-up, really brings together the series two arc together and the cliffhanger is brill but part two on the other hand the cybermen were made weaker plus the goodbye scene was too soppy and didn't really work so a 6.5 okay patrick bogard uh, slightly spoiled by the episode before i think it was called fear her seeing yeah. a dalek ray kill someone in the next time trailer it suffers the new who curse of an excellent part one and an underwhelming part two with a fast resolution uh, void stuff still makes my eyes roll. <laughs> uh, it says part one, a solid nine out of ten. Part two is a three out of ten. A three, gosh. Con- uh, contrast. Uh, yeah. And lastly, Charlie Turner says, what do you get when you take Daleks and Cybermen and have them meet each other the very first time? You get a battle. A battle that should at least be fair on both sides. Unfortunately, no, it's not. The Cybermen are annihilated, were annihilated by the Daleks here, and that is not a good thing at all because of it being so comically one-sided. Uh, it's quite a long review from Charlie. It goes on to give it a 6 out of 10, he's sorry to say. Wow. So I think overall, people do like this one. The majority of scores were 8s and 9s, a couple of 10s in there, but also a couple of mixed bags as well, a couple of 6s and 6.5. So Yeah. Yes. Not a, not quite a, the sweeping 9s and 10s I thought it was going to be, but... No, I, think, I, I, yeah. I thought it was going to be around about 8 or 9 at least, yeah. series finale. But reviewed pretty well overall, still. Uh, next week, bud. What have we got next week? So next week, uh, Sarah Jane Adventures, and this one's called The Empty Planet. The Empty the Planet? Empty Planet. So last last Sarah Jane, we had um, Matt Smith, didn't we, and Katie, uh, which was a fantastic story, Death of the Doctor. So hmm. looking forward to seeing how they follow that up. It's yes. weird, isn't it? You'd think that Doctor one would be like a series finale. It was so good, wasn't it, the last one? It was awesome. So yeah. how are they going to follow that? We'll find out. Anyway, The Empty Planet. Yeah, Coolio, and I think we'll wrap there, dude, for 291. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming back for another week and listening to the Big Blue Box podcast. It's been great to have you here. Wowzers, we've waffled for over two hours this week. So yes. thank you for uh, for sticking with us. Uh, those of you that have just jumped on board and our new listeners, uh, we are waving to you from inside the TARDIS. Welcome aboard. It's great to have you here. Long-time listeners, the old grizzled ancients, welcome back. It's been great to have you all here. Uh, next week, as Adam said, we're back to the Sarah Jane Adventures, The Empty Planet, so get your uh, DVDs or Blu-rays fired up, get that watched because we'll be asking for your reviews as always. In the meantime, head over to the website. You can check out all of our podcast episodes there. Plus, you can check out all of the uh, awesome reviews that our writing team um, put out there. All the articles are very cool. That's at bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Um, and on there, there are links off to the various podcast um, apps and networks. So whatever app you get your podcasts on, just do a search for us. Uh, or link off the website uh, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber that way you won't miss a show when it lands every friday and if you are on one of those podcast apps or networks where you can submit a review that would be awesome uh, just to take a minute to do that because that helps us out loads and loads so thank you so much to everyone that's done that thus far we are on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook just do a search for the big blue box or there are links on the website come and give us a like and a follow over there as we chat plenty of doctor who 
and uh, everything else throughout the week. And we have a free Discord server as well. There's a link on the website. So that come and hang out and chat lots of Doctor Who with other Who fans. And also, check out my co-host channel. Go and check out Adam's channel on YouTube. It's called The Geek's Handbag. Yes, go and have a look at The Geek's Handbag. Loads of videos, unboxings, locations, all sorts. The whole shebang, basically, the whole shebang, yeah. is over there. And Adam is on the socials too, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So yeah. go and give him a like and a follow over there. Right, I'm going to go and re-watch the Revolution of the Daleks trailer and get hyped <laughs> up a little bit more for that. Cool, cool. Yeah, we will see you next time for 292. Until then... Take care of yourselves and remember, hey. Hey.